1498.3 FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on a gorgeous Saturday morning in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And uh, we have got a lot to talk about. It was a busy weekend, uh, Christmas weekend as I call it, but it was uh, chock full of racing and we got all the details and uh, a beautiful day to talk about it. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Barry. Good morning. How are we doing? Doing good. I'm, I'm recovering from the the, the holidays too. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's a good day. It's a, but it is hot. As Bill Francis says, "Perfect racing weather." Perfect racing weather. Ain't no rain. No, nope. I, I gotta take that back. Rain come at any time. When them seen that here, well, I don't think it's gonna come this uh, today. Anyway, I don't think. And uh, good morning, Alan. Good morning, Perry. How you doing? Doing good. A little uh, fishing going on. A little fishing going on. A little bit of racing going on. A lot so, of uh, racing going on. Yep. And uh, but uh, last night. Uh, Racing kind of got washed out at our local tracks here, so uh, is that right? But you can still fish in the rain. That's just it. They don't. They don't know the difference. You no, told me that a long time ago. Hopefully, you can sit in your truck, <laughs> and if you see that fish get on that rod, you say, "Well, uh, not right now." But sometimes you just got to go get it. We got to uh, pass along some um, uh, words of encouragement to a couple of our couple of our members who are under the weather. Ronnie's not with us this morning, and. Uh, but he's listening, and Ronnie, you, uh, if I if I need something fact checked or something, you uh, uh, say something wrong, you you don't hesitate to call in and let us know. And uh, Lanny's been a little under the weather lately. He's uh, um, our backup, and we appreciate everything Lanny does for maintaining the Budmore Engineering website and our Facebook page. And Lanny's a great asset to us, but he's a uh, he's a little under the weather, so. Uh, uh, we wish Lanny and Ronnie uh, speedy recoveries and hope they feel better soon. And uh, we got a special guest today. And uh, Greg, tell us what we got. I mean, you, uh, uh, I've not, I know this means a lot to you. And I've already, when I announced it, had two or three people text me saying that uh, this is like their favorite show of the year. Well, Barry, if you remember, you and Daddy done this interview. I think it was 2015. About 15, and he was writing a book, and this was over several meetings had out there talking to him and the whole deal. And uh, But, yeah, I, it, it's, it means a lot. It's close to D-Day and uh, a lot of our parents and stuff. I mean, more days about people come, coming back that, that didn't come back, but, but D-Day is. Well, D-Day was on June the 6th, and we always do this on the show closest to June the 6th. And what Greg has uh, 
I think getting around to eventually is that it's his father's uh, recollections of D-Day from when we wrote. Um, he and I wrote a book together about his life, and he uh, was reluctant to talk about it, I think, for a long time. But he was very forthcoming by the time I got to him, and uh, he, he didn't get any, any bad details about anything. But he was uh, he hopped off that landing craft and scampered on to uh, Utah Beach and lived to tell about it, which a lot of people didn't. So uh, it's very interesting. I think it runs about 17 minutes or so, and we'll do that at 11 o'clock. And we'll always do that as long as we do this show. We'll do it on a, as close as we can to the June the 6th, which this is June the 4th. And, uh, you know, it's uh, 78 years ago. That's hard to believe. Well, you think about somebody that did that, even if they were a 20-year-old. They'd be 98 years old now. I mean, there's just not that many of them left. Of course, of course I know your daddy's. Had his 97th birthday on uh, May the 25th, which we didn't mention last week. But, uh, you know, there's just not too many people left that can tell that story. And we've got somebody that can, and I'm going to play it every year. And I appreciate it because, I mean, Daddy never talked about that stuff much. My mama told him, told him, you know, told me, he said, don't mention that. That was, it was good that we, we won the war and liberated people and stuff, but they went through some horrible deals. And uh, like I say, all of us sitting here had had probably had our parents involved in the Depression or World War II somehow or another. But you and, know what? It's getting to the point now where you talk about somebody's parents. They were probably in Vietnam. I mean, you're, the World War II people are getting further and further in the rearview mirror. And it's, I read not too long ago or heard or something that, I don't remember how many World War II veterans are left, but there's like 500 dying a day. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're in their 90s. You, if you were, if you were 18 years old, uh, like just say in the middle of the war, say 1943 or something like that, you're in your mid 90s now. And there's just, you know, there's not that many of them left. And well, like if say- you see a World War II veteran, thank him because it's, uh, it's been a long time ago, and and we just need to remember them and cherish them as long as they're alive. I can't agree with you more, Perry. It, it, it's unbelievable. But like I say, just super good weekend. Get up closer to the mic there, Greg. Oh, we okay. can't hear you. Okay. Well, normally I'm talking too loud and snoring <laughs> over it. Not snoring, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it, D-Day is a, a big deal for a lot of people. Well, it was. It, it liberated Europe. Your daddy was already over there. <laughs> well, he wasn't in D-Day, so we won't. let's don't go there. My daddy did his part, but uh, we're talking about D-Day. But anyway, let's move on from that, and uh, we'll do that at 11 o'clock. There was a lot of racing last week, and I always make my speech uh, for that Memorial Day uh, weekend that watch all the races, but chances are Indy's going to be the best one, but... Uh, you know, the most excitement and the closest and all that stuff. But, uh, Alan, I got to hand it to Charlotte this year. That was a heck of a race. Yep, Charlotte. Uh, it must have been if you stayed up for the whole thing. I stayed up for the whole <laughs> thing, and them boys started racing, and they raced like every lap was the last lap yeah. from what I've seen. I mean, uh, they was after it. Saw some. Go ahead. That's uh, 
pretty much what I can say. You know, had a few deals on pit road, but uh, didn't have that much of a tire issue. Did you notice that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Except the one that got up under uh, Boucher's car and flipped him well, over. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's kind of a deal of uh, you already caused that to start with. But glad to see that tire hang on to the car, though. The, the, the uh, tether. The tether. The tether held that car together. And uh, glad to see him get out of that car like yeah. he did. Well, you know, they... Uh, I thought they took, of course, it wasn't on fire, and it already found out that he was okay and everything, but I wish they could speed that process up a little bit. Like, uh, Indy, they just had about 10 guys run out there and flip that car over on the carburation day on a Colton Heritage car. But, yeah. I mean, they were deliberate, and they they, they did it and as they're trained to do. But, you know, I, yeah. I wish it was a little quicker. But, anyway, it came out okay. It came out okay, but uh, you've got to look at, well, you look at Indy cars with the cockpits that them boys get into. Then you look at your cup cars that these guys get into and got that little bitty window. And yeah. they got this big headrest over here on this left-hand side. And it's kind of hard for them guys to get around that headrest yeah. plus two, get it, get out of the car. So uh, the deal was to, uh, pretty much leave him in it. I like the way they rolled the car back over without just turning and letting it flop down on mm -hmm. the ground. They kind of took their time, had to wrecker hooked to it with two different cables letting one in letting one out and uh it's better on the driver that way because uh danny my driver's been upside down about four times and uh whenever you unleash them seat belts uh you got a whole lot of weight coming to the you do gravity gravity takes its course well you know <laughs> uh, we've had johnny uh, when I, I wrote the book on uh the, the independence johnny allen was in there and he's he's pretty much an expert at getting upside down in a stock car and um and he said yeah. that, you know, that when you, uh, he, he talked about it in detail. Now the, that we're talking the early sixties and you didn't have all these headrests and everything. You lucky if you had more in a seatbelt, uh, you know, like a shoulder harness or anything, but he said you had to be real careful when you let yourself down. Cause you might be fine, but you'd get hurt if you undid your seatbelts and you weren't, uh, prepared, you know, like with one hand on the, on the roof mm -hmm. of the car. Because you're going to come crashing down onto it if you just release the belts real quick. And uh, that's where you could hurt your neck or your head or, or whatever. Greg? No, no doubt about it. If you notice, uh, it was several years ago, and Danica Patrick had a bad wreck. And she took her hands off the steering wheel and done like this. That's the perfect thing she could do. You don't bounce around, done all this stuff. But, yeah, what if you got a driver that, that, that's got a fractured back or his neck and just all of a sudden, he unhooks them belts. He could go from what is a minor injury to paralyzed. And but uh, they do a good job. They 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 improving what they're doing. And uh, like I say, safety's come a long way in in racing. It's period. come a long way, and it. Um, but the only thing I didn't like about Charlotte, and I know Jada won't agree with me, was the winner was Denny Hamlin. He sat on the pole fell out of sight pretty much for the whole race and it came yep. back and won it at the end. And, uh, uh, you got to hand it to him for that. But the, uh, uh, that was the only thing I had against, uh, against the finish of the race. And, you know, he, uh, is, is really, I'm not going to say he's underrated, but he, if he doesn't win a championship, he may turn out to be the best driver that never won one. Uh, cause he's, uh, well, he's getting on up there. I think he's, uh, 
I can't remember how many wins he's got. They said it the other day, but I mean, he's, he's up there, you know, passing a lot of, uh, the legends of the sport as far as how many wins he's got. And, uh, Oh, he so, runs, but you know, he's, uh, I don't know. I never have liked him that much. And he, he kind of whines and he wanted them to take, uh, he, he barely aching about Blaney, not, uh, having to come in and fix this, fix his one in that couple of weeks ago in that all-star race. But, uh, anyway, Charlotte was a great race and, uh, Indianapolis was too, but I want to ask you boys something. And I'll get this out of the way right now. If I can find my paperwork, something happened in this town. Um, it would have been 56 years ago today. And I wonder if anybody can tell me what that was. Any idea? 56 years ago today was June 4th, 1966. No. The last Grand National race at the fairgrounds. Lord have mercy. Yep. The last Grand National race at the fairgrounds was on June the 4th, 1966. Anybody know who won it? And it was his first win. And he was an old-timer when he won his first race. It's got to be gentleman Ned. You know Ned Jarrett won races before that. Well, yeah, but I'm trying to think. Well, you're not thinking too good. It was Elmo Langley. Elmo Langley, okay. Elmo Langley won his first race at the the fairgrounds on uh, June the 4th, 1966. And uh, second was Neil Castles driving for Buck Baker. Third was Doug Cooper. Fourth was Joel Davis. And fifth was J.D. McDuffie. David Pearson was on the pole last night, uh, or that night, and he (laughs) he never let a lap. And uh, the only chance that James Hilton would have ever had to run at the fairgrounds. He cracked up in warmups, tore his car all to pieces. And I was there and, uh, he didn't, he wasn't able to start the race. So, uh, and Richard Petty was entered, but didn't show up, but David Pearson was there and he was driving that 64, uh, Dodge of his and sat on the pole, didn't lead a lap. And Elmo Langley won it. In fact, uh, tiny Lunn led the first 160 laps of that race. And, uh, uh, cooked his rear end and had to park it and Elmo led laps 161 through 200. So, uh, that was a big night, uh, as far as I was concerned, cause it was kind of, kind of like the day the circus went home as far as I'm concerned. Cause we, uh, I, I don't think I missed a race, uh, when the grand nationals ran at the fairgrounds. And I remember a lot of great things that happened there, like Billy Wade winning that, uh, that match race when they had, could you imagine that doing that again in 64? They took the first four people in the point standings, Wade, Jarrett, Petty, and Pearson, and had a match race uh, as a preliminary to a, um, a sportsman race that night, a hundred mile sportsman race. And, um, I mean, it's just things that we'll talk about that maybe in August. They put on a show. They put on a show. Well, it was incredible. Um, you just wouldn't have anything like that happen before happened now with, uh, Joe Littlejohn putting that thing together, but I tell you what, let's, uh, let's take a break. Let's take our first break right here and come back and, uh, see what Deb Williams saw last week. You're listening to start your engines on Fox sports Spartanburg. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox sports, 1498, three FM. 
big selection, all great, better deals. Come and get it at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway. No payment for 45 or even the first 90 days at Impex Pre-Owned. Come check out the best selection of pre-owned vehicles and test drive your next ride today. Ask about our first-time buyers program. Hurry on over to Impex Pre-Owned, 8989 Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs. We can get you driving no matter what. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? Call it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right, Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. And welcome back to Start Your Engines, and it's my pleasure to bring on Deb Williams. How you doing this morning, Deb? Pretty good, thank you. Not trackside this time. No, not trackside, but uh, <laughs> you'd have to be in, uh, where would you have to be? You'd have to be either in St. Louis, St. Louis or uh, Portland, Oregon. Portland. Yeah. yeah. It'd be real early in the morning out there for you. But uh had some great racing last weekend and I always on Memorial Day, uh on the, the pre Memorial Day show say that 
predicted Indy will have the best race, uh, and they, they had a good one. But I got to hand it to Charlotte. That was a that was a lot of action. That was a fun four hours worth of, of whatever it was of uh, of television, as far as I was concerned. And of course, you were there and probably had a very long night. But uh, Charlotte was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It really was, and I've seen every Coca Cola Six Hundred since nineteen seventy nine, and that. Coke 600 was the most competitive from start to finish that I've ever seen. You know, usually that race, with it being the longest stock car race, is competitive maybe for the first 50 laps or the first 100 laps, and then it goes into a kind of a dull drone, and then it might become competitive again in the last 50 or 100 laps. But that one last week was competitive from the time that green flag dropped until the checkered flag dropped. And I couldn't honestly believe how long it was. I mean, you know there's a race is always going to be extended when there's a, a red flag. But then to have a double overtime, and that was the longest race in NASCAR history, yep. 619.5 miles. Wow. So, but it, you know, usually, I'll be honest with you, usually in the middle of the 600, I'm sitting there thinking, oh man, I'm not going to get in, I'm not going to get out of here till the wee hours of the morning. And that never entered my mind last Sunday night. <laughs> I didn't get in bed till three o'clock Monday morning, but, you know, it was still such a good race and all that, um, it, it just didn't seem that long to me. Well, you know, and I'm looking at the, the stats of it here and, um, uh... I said four hours. It was actually five hours and thirteen minutes. So that's a yeah. That's a long evening of racing, and I uh, gotta hand it to everybody that stuck with it. But you know, I, I guess you could sort of uh, contribute the that to the fact of of having stages. I mean, I it I'm not a I wasn't a big fan of stages at all, and probably not that much now, except for the fact that. Uh, it was a 400 lap race and every hundred laps was a stage. And, uh, you know, it contributed to, uh, you know, you knew you, you were going to have three restarts anyway, but there were a, a whole lot more than that. They had the first half of that race. I think they said they had more caution flags than they did in, uh, the whole race last year. That's true. That's true. But, uh, you know, with the next gen car and the drivers knew that it was going to be hard to drive. And that's what they've asked for. They said, give us a car that's hard to drive so that it puts the driver back into the situation. And Denny Hamlin had said after uh, in the media center after he earned the poll that he knew the, the lane was going to continue to move up. And he said, you know, as you move up and you get so close to that wall, you've always got that chance of hitting the wall. And that was the reason he focused on his car gaining its speed on the lower groove because he felt that was a safer place to race. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, Denny Hamlin, as I was talking to uh, the boys here before we got you on the phone, he won the pole and he sort of just went away, but he got back in time to win the race. So he went from pole to pole, but there was a whole lot happened in between and and Denny, uh, uh, you know, he uh, did what he had to do, and he's he's really moving on up as far as career wins and and everything like that. And uh, 
one of these years he's going to fool around and win a championship. I don't know if this will be the year or not, but he's uh, uh, he's really come around as a driver, uh, and he's been a good driver for a long, long time. But you know, he's he's to the point now where he's winning races, uh, you know, just sort of fading into the background and then coming back and winning them at the end and surviving all the attrition. Well, the interesting thing about that is that victory surprised Denny Hamlin. Denny <laughs> surprised us, me, too. Uh, well, Denny said that, you know, before Austin Dillon pulled the four-wide move, mm-hmm. Denny had um, said that he had just made peace with himself, that he was going to finish fourth, and he felt that the way their night had been, that was a good finish because he said they just didn't have the speed. They just weren't in contention and so he was going to be happy with a fourth place finish but of course when austin Dillon pulled that move off there the coming off turn four and put him four wide and then then he got by on that that was what put him in position to win but he had already decided that okay i'm going to finish fourth and i'm fine with that after the night we've had but there were just so many stories i mean when you look at everything kyle larson went through to come back and contend for the win and how the track house cars ran, you know, yes. Chastain and Suarez were running one, two there. Suarez was great. He, he was. And Chastain actually was the top lap leader of the race. Right. And so, you know, there was just so many entities in it and the drama kept changing every time around. So, you couldn't ask for a much better uh, – I don't think you could ask for any better Coca-Cola 600 than they had last weekend. Yeah, Kyle Busch had a good race, and he he, he overcame a lot of adversity is the way I remember it and uh, and finished second, and he, he could have won it very easily. And, uh, you know, as far as the excitement with the uh, all the crashes and everything, I guess uh, Chris Boucher had the wildest ride of the night with uh, – and the, the big crash there with uh, – the tire going folding up under the car and, but the tether did its job and, and, uh, it made for a spectacular incident there that, uh, you know, everybody walked away. These cars, I'm not going to say they're completely bulletproof, but they, they prove again that they're, uh, they've built a product now that it's, it's going to be, uh, tough to get hurt in. I mean, it it probably will happen someday. I don't think race cars will ever be a hundred percent, uh, safe but uh i tell you what they've got a safe car well you know not only that but you've got to look at the seats the way they kind of are like a seat in a space capsule right and all the hans device and the things that the drivers wear you know there's no open face helmets now they all wear fire retardant underwear under their uniforms and everybody wears gloves now and you know, I know there was some criticism as to why they didn't rush in there and get him out and flip the car back over and all that. But I don't think a lot of people realize that every January, NASCAR has a weekend when all their rescue people come in, and they go through all these different scenarios as to how to handle these different crashes and how to the procedure to follow. And I'm sure you noticed that it, every. There were different color shirts there, and that signified who the different parts of the team were. Mm. And the person who crawled in that 
car, crawled down there to that window to check on him, was a doctor. It wasn't just any rescue. It was a doctor. Well, that's interesting. And I didn't know that. Good. Yeah, she yeah. she was there. They had two doctors there. <coughs> Excuse me. And when you have a, a thing like that, the doctors go to the scene. And when Ron Newman had his horrible crash at Daytona, the doctors were in the car working on him before they ever got him out of that car. Hmm. And, uh, of course, when Chris dropped his net, you can't unbuckle your seatbelts when you're upside down because if you do, you're right. going to drop on your head. Right. Ken Schrader found out at Sonoma one time. <laughs> and, you know, so the doctor got down there. She assessed the situation. She assessed it with him and then knew which procedure to follow in riding the car back over in order to get him. Now, of course, if there had been a fire in the car, the procedures would have been entirely different. Right. But this is something that's gone over every January before the season starts for a whole weekend. Everybody knows their roles. Everybody knows what's supposed to do. And that medical team goes to each race. It's a lot different than it used to be. It certainly is, and it's more like... uh... Um, uh, it's more like Indy's been for, for quite a while with a, a traveling team, uh, you know, that goes from race to race. And I'm so glad NASCAR has done that. And it's a, it's an expensive way to do it, but you've got, uh, you've got people that, that know the drivers and their health conditions or any, any particular needs they might have. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the way it should be. And, and you're, I, I was saying earlier, I, it was a little, too slow, I thought, getting him out of the car and turning it over. But there was no, you know, they knew he was okay. So, and mm-hmm. and you've just backed that up with, uh, with what you've just said. And uh, absolutely, if there were other extenuating circumstances, I'm sure they they have a a way they can pick up the pace a little bit. Oh, they do. And you know, too, if let's say he had had a lower back injury, let's say he had had an injury like Eric Amarola had that time. The last thing in the world you want to do is flip that car really fast and it bounce yep. and it possibly cause a compression fracture. Right. So, you know, you got to take all that into consideration. And like I said, the doctor was there. She talked to him. She, she was the one that was down on her hands and knees that crawled up to the window and assessed the situation. So it was, they all knew their roles and they all knew what to do and how to do it. But, um, you know, it just, it, I can remember back, used to, they didn't even have the the driver's medical records at the track. Mm-hmm. It was Ann Trader, Ken Trader's wife, who's a nurse, and Risa Speed, Lake Speed's wife, who's a nurse, who actually worked with NASCAR to start carrying the medical records on the transporter. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you, uh, this week... Deb, we've got a new car going to a track that we've never been to before with the cup cars, and that's Gateway. And uh, I, I, I don't know the real name of that place. It's something like Worldwide Technology Speedway or something like that. But it's Worldwide Technology Raceway. Well, I didn't miss it by much, and it's across. No, the, you didn't. You did well. <laughs> it's across the river from uh, from St. Louis in Madison, Illinois, and uh, I tell you, it's just going to be a wild card. I, you know, that, that track, I was trying to say that it was like a long, uh, 
uh, Martinsville, but I guess it would have a lot of similarities with uh, Loudon or something like that. But it's a uh, it's a flat oval. It's a true you know oval as uh, as it goes as compared to people calling Indianapolis an oval, which it obviously is not. But uh, what do you think about the new uh, about the new car at the at the new track? Well, I think we're going to see what we've seen all year, and that's unpredictability. Um, you know, you've got so many drivers in the Cup Series that have never competed on that track. Now, there are some who drove there if they raced in the Truck Series, but, um, you know, there's just so many unknowns, and I found the practice, final practice session rather interesting yesterday because there was such a variety of people in the top ten Mm-hmm. It was. It just showed the unpredictability again, and you know you got the same thing. Even though it's not the next gen car, with it being the first time going to Portland, you've got that, and of course they've got rain in the equation out there, and they didn't even get their final round of qualifying in. So Anthony Alfredo got his first pole of his career out right. at Portland. Mm-hmm. So it's going to qualifying is going to be starting at uh, the St. Louis track in, at eleven. <coughs> got a nasty cough there. You need to get you some cough drops there. <coughs> um, I, mean, I thought I could drink enough water to keep it down. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how qualifying goes at um, Worldwide Technology Raceway when it starts at 11. I'm l- flipping through my phone right now, and I'm... I'm thinking. Uh, I, I was trying to figure out or find out how long that track is. I was. I was going to say it's a mile, but is it like? Is it a mile or is it three quarters of a mile or a little over a mile? I want to say it's one point three. Yeah, it's a, it's a little. It's a little over. It's more like the size of Darlington as far as the length. Um, Darlington's one point three six six. Yeah, so that would be pretty close if it's one point three. Well, uh, mm-hmm. Jada finally got a win last week. If you pick Denny Hamlin long enough, you will get a win. So uh, she did. And uh, the point standings in our in-house uh, championship here in the race for the Nelson Crozier Cup, it's uh, Allen's got 23. Lenny has 17. You and I, Deb, have 16. Jada's mm-hmm. up to, to a fifth with nine points. Greg's got six, and Ronnie's got three. So, uh that gummy, go ahead and pick first again. I'm letting you pick first every week, and that's okay with me. Well, I appreciate that. I'm going to take Blaney this week. Okay. I'm sure that will tickle Lanny to death. <laughs> uh, uh, Ronnie has already texted his in, Alan, and he's got uh, Chastain. Chastain. Got the watermelon man, which is probably a pretty wise choice. Greg, be thinking about who you want to pick. We need you over here at the microphone again. I guess I'll go with the nine car. I know that's a shocker. What do you got there, Alan? I think I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Uh, Greg, what do you think? I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. Wow. That's uh, well going out on a limb, but that's a good pick. I mean, he won a couple of weeks ago. No, Nothing says he can't win again. Uh, uh, a new car and a new track, 45. Okay. Alan, I can tell, trying to think of who he's, uh, what his number is. And Lanny has 45. just, yep. Lanny has just texted in with Larson. So, uh, we got our picks in and, uh, well, any, uh, thoughts, uh, I know, I'm sure you watched it 
and uh, we don't usually get your input with this, but we got another minute or so here. What do you think about uh, Indianapolis? Any thoughts on that? Um, don't mean to catch you off guard, but I was going to. No, you didn't. I mean, we were all watching it in the media center. That's yeah. what everybody does. Um, and, of course, you know, having worked for Roger Pinsky, I'm always interested in Indy. I'm always watching the Indy races. Um, I hated to see Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Problems right there and calls that last caution. Right. He led a lap and then he crashed. Well, but he led a lap because of the rotation of the um, the pit stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he still led a lap at the Indy 500. You know, somebody had to lead it, so it might as well be him. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, but he led, and he the crash actually occurred after he made his pit stop. Right, right. Immediately uh, afterwards, pretty much. So, uh, but what I'm getting to is, if he had not crashed, he very probably would have gotten rookie honors, and I hate that for him that he didn't. Uh, I thought they did the correct thing in stopping it so that it would finish under a yes. green flag. Yep. And it was great to see the crowd back in Indy. It was great to see Indy before the pandemic. Right. So. Yeah, I didn't see too many I empty it was seats. A really good race. Yeah. Well, Deb, we appreciate it, and uh, get get rid of that cough, and uh, we will. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you next week, and you're the best. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you. Appreciate you enduring my cough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deb, take it easy. That's Deb Williams, and she's uh, what is she? Smartest lady I know. She got a bad cough there. I, well, turn uh, your head a little bit. She'll take care of it. Away from the telephone but that, that might be from charlotte yeah well what a couple of weeks ago it was inhaling nitro at the drag races so uh that's the that's the hazards of being a track side as our announcer says all right let's take a break we'll come back and get the local scene from alan you are listening to start your engines on fox sports spartanburg Stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive through Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive through special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Driving West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive through is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this... And you want it to sound like this. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality. And visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. 
Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. It's a beautiful day for the beach, or an afternoon hike, or perfecting your three-pointer at the park. Where you're spending your day may be up for debate, but stopping for an icy treat at McDonald's is not. Now try new Frozen Coke and Frozen Fanta Wild Cherry or Blue Raspberry. Get any size for just $1.69. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal. Coca-Cola and Fanta are registered trademarks of the Coca-Cola Company. And welcome back to Fox Sports Spartanburg with Start Your Engines. And, uh, Alan, how's it looking locally? All right. We're going to start off. We had uh, two races last weekend on Saturday night. We had Harris Motor Speedway, had eight divisions racing up there. We're going to start off with the Vintage Series. First place went to Adam Bowers. Second went to Eric Rogers. Third went to Barry Powell. Fourth went to Dennis Williams. And fifth went to Mike Caney. In the front-wheel drive division, first place went to Newman Presnell. Second went to Tyler Caps. Third went to Chris Meadows. Fourth went to Trent Blackwell. Fifth went to Chad Harvey. Uh, Thunder Bomber Division. First place went to Madison Hoots. Second went to Lloyd Dean Burgess. Third went to Brandon Satterfield. Fourth went to Josh Ayers. Fifth went to Greg Carroll. And the Renegade Slash Street Stock. That's where they combined these two divisions. First place went to Blake Pryor. Second went to Josh Hoots. Third went to Justin Barber. Fourth went to Phoenix Lauder. Fifth went to Jordan Brandle. Pure Stock Division. First place went to Nathan Showtime Pierce. Second went to TJ Penfield. Third went to Taylor Johnson. Fourth went to Ray Hudson. Fifth went to Matt Spencer. In the Open Wheel Division. First place went to Bobby Jones. Second went to Andrew Durham. Third went to Billy Thompson. Fourth went to Chase Carwell. And fifth went to Daniel Allen. Crate Sportsman Division, first place went to Chris Jackson, second went to Jesse Wall, third went to Tanner Fortune, fourth went to Jesse Smith, 
and fifth he shows up in this division ever so often data unavailable (laughs) (laughs) that man must have a bunch of race cars yeah and now for the big main event which was the blue ridge outlaws up there first place went to matthew nance second went to scott shirley third went to dylan watson fourth went to eddie bags and fifth went to jonathan jennings now moving over to sunday afternoon we had racing going on at Cherokee Speedway. This was your Matt Butler Memorial Race, sir. We're going to start off with the mini late models. First place went to Jody Sparks. Second went to Brad Emerson. Third went to Brian Funk. And fourth went to Mitchell McNeur. And fifth went to Josh Hodge. And the Thunder Bomber Division. A little excitement in the Thunder Bomber Division. Rod Tucker actually won the uh, won the race but was protested afterwards and first place went to hunter thunderberg uh second went to madison hoots third went to benji knight fourth went to luke clements and fifth went to justin watts in extreme four division first place went to newman presnell second went to scott collinger third went to andrew rich fourth went to trent jameson fifth went to travis jameson trent jameson travis jameson uh you know they gotta be kin. they must be (laughs) Uh, in the street stock division a little bit more excitement there mitchell duval set fast time there uh somebody kind of heard something through the grapevine so they pulled him on tires they cut samples out of his tires sent him off to blue ridge uh uh research and development deal where they test the tires to make sure that uh you don't put something on the tires to make them a little bit softer i remember you talking about this uh, last year yep and uh Everybody knows that if you can qualify on a little bit softer tire, you might be a little bit faster than come into pits and change them and come back out on a, a legal tire. Mm-hmm. That, but uh, his tire samples come back good. Oh, that's so, good. Uh, <laughs> that's real good. But he's so, got a tire with a big chunk taken out of it. Well, he got three chunks taken out. They, <laughs> Perry, they take a cutting on the outside edge, uh, rotate the tire a little bit in the middle of the tire, then rotate the tire a little bit and cut the inside tread just to keep you from doing half the tire and not the other half so uh (laughs) it gets into a little deal but uh, congratulations to mitchell duval on his big win in the street stock second went to blake bentley third went to dalton peavy fourth went to cameron holloway fifth went to ronnie mosley in the pure stock division named i said on saturday night nathan showtime pierce he showed up to cherokee speedway got the big three thousand dollar bonus money over there put up by the fans so uh real good weekend for showtime uh took a lot of money home second went to taylor johnson third went to justin watts fourth went to Dwayne worley and fifth went to cajun nations and now monster mini stock uh this is your four cylinder division that uh a lot of money goes into and uh you know everybody used to talk about the, uh, you talked about this guy a long time ago uh not long time ago last year uh jamie madison used to kind of dominate this series mm-hmm. but we lost jamie in a house fire yes. and uh yeah but uh now we got matt gilbert stepping up to the plate second went to harley holden third went to logan ritchie fourth went to kyle cooper and fifth went to jr warden and now the big super late models were there first place went to ross bales second went to zach mitchell a local guy here third went to trent ivy guy another local guy from union and fourth went to Dennis Franklin, and fifth went to Brent Dickinson. And now we got the Lucas Oil Speedway. They was up in West Virginia Motor Speedway last night. 
first place went to Devin Mogran. Second went to J Johnson Davenport. Johnson led this race just about the whole way and uh, got into a lap car and mm. just kind of give it up right there. Mm. I ain't going to say give it up, but uh, sometimes lap traffic can work your way. Sometimes it can't. Third went to Greg Sadley. Fourth went to Ricky Thornton Jr. And fifth went to Earl Pearson Jr. And okay, now we're moving on over here. Uh, last night at Travers Rest Speedway, guess who won? Wally Fowler. No, Rain. Oh. <laughs> rain kind of washed everything out at Travers Rest Speedway, and uh, I think they also called Carolina Speedway. So uh, that's up in Gastonia. Yep. But uh, the way the weather looks today, we got a lot of local racing going on. Uh, like seeing them racetracks, they worked together last week. One was on Friday night, one was on Saturday night, one was on Sunday. So. Uh, but tonight we're gonna to have two uh tracks racing. We got Cherokee Speedway. Uh so they're gonna have the Carolina wing sprint cars there. Mm. Uh you've always talked about wanting to watch them wing sprint cars go around yeah. there. Uh a little longer deal where they have to push these cars off because they don't have starters and stuff right. like they have to have the push trucks yeah. there. Also on hand, they got the super sportsman division, Thunder Bomber Division, Pro Four, Extreme Four, Young Guns V eight. 602 slash 604 chargers and sharp mini late models stands are ten dollars pits are 25 uh gates are going to open up and uh drivers meeting gates usually open up there about four o'clock drivers meetings is about 637 so uh get on out here also we got harris speedway got eight divisions at harris tonight at harris they bringing back the super the carolina class super late models up there Got Crate Sportsman Division, Thunder Bomber Division, Renegade Slash Street Stock Division, Pure Stock, Front Wheel Drive, Thunder Bomber Futures, Young Guns. Gates are going to open up there at 4 p.m. Drivers meeting at 6.30. Pits are $35. Stands are $20. Uh, went up just a little bit just to cover the price of these super late models coming in there. They always put on a good show. And you have to, the boys puts all that money in a super late model car. He has to, you know. He has to get a little bit more money for mm -hmm. him. Also, we're going to go to next Friday night since uh, we don't have another show. We're going to go to Travers Rest. For some reason, I've been kind of leaving this out, but on Friday, June 10th, uh, Travers Rest Speedway, they're going to pay $1,000 in this pure stock division. A lot of money being put up in this pure stock mm -hmm. division, and Nathan Showtime Pierce has been taking a lot of it home. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's another thing to be thinking about if you want to, if you want to build a race car, you look for one thing you do is you look at what pays and then you look at your division. Who's in it? Uh, who's in it? But, uh, no, you really don't look. If you're going, if you're going to get in, you go there to win. Also on hand, they got the rookies, the extreme four, Thunder Bomber Futures, Pure Stock, Thunder Bombers, Crate Sportsman, Street Stock, Renegade. Gates are going to open up at 5 p.m. Drivers meeting at 7 p.m. Hot laps at 7.30. Stands for $15. Pits is $30. Kids 10 and under get in free at the stands. Uh, talking about that, uh, the Renegade Street Stock Division, I told you I didn't really like it because they letting two divisions come in there on top of each other. Matter of fact, I went by. I'm doing a house up here off of Highway 11 and 14 and Guess whose place I have to get to go by? Wally Fowler. Wally Fowler. 
while he got beat the other week by a street stock car coming in over there and uh they let these street stock cars weigh a little bit less than the renegade cars plus two got a little bit different rule package uh street stocks they get to run what they call a burt transmission burt transmission has got the clutch on the inside of the transmission so that means all you got is a drive hub that hooks to the back of your crankshaft and you have no big flywheel no big clutch and no big pressure plate on it and i was talking to wally and uh he said that the guy that run the racetrack uh kind of changed rules up a little bit and really didn't tell him but now the renegades can run the smaller clutch what to call a five and a five 5.5 clutch it's a three disc clutch and uh while i said my car's gate in there now and uh was going i think he was going back last night but like i said rain come out but uh somehow or another they got uh i ain't gonna say they got they got to give these cars if you're gonna let them run together uh you got to give them a little bit of something i mean you can't just uh let these guys just show up and just outrun your local driver and and the people just see a race car out there but they don't really know the depth that the the cars got into it mm-hmm. when you got say whenever you had the, the flywheel the clutch and the clutch disc plate going in there wally's got probably 25 more pounds it's got to be the solid flywheel not the not the starter band and uh that way he got to have at least probably 25 more pounds turning weight on his crankshaft that whenever he runs off into the corner he slams the brakes on it slows that 25 pounds up and then whenever he gets back in the gas, he got to get that 25 pounds going again. Whereas your street stock cars, the clutch is off to the side. It's in the transmission. And all it is is a cone that once you get up to about, I'd say about 25 miles an hour, you've automatically got to pull that thing back into high gear. And it is one-to-one ratio, just like just like you was take the dry shaft and hook it straight up to the back of the, the crankshaft on your motor. And you have no more turning weight, whereas Wally's got 25, 30 more pounds of turning weight on the crankshaft. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see it, Travers Rest Speedway, next uh, Friday night. So uh, that's one of the deals of uh, getting advantage and not getting advantage. And kind of like the deal of uh, I was talking about in Thunder Bomber Division a little bit earlier. The guy there got protested and uh kind of got pulled on his rear end housing well when they pulled the rear end housing out of it uh you got a spool there that your ring gear bolts up to they make one it's uh stock they make one it's light then they make one it's called ultra light uh for some reason he had one that was has actually weighed a pound more than the one that they could actually run but for some reason it was in it was not the numbers that was in the rule book so they throwed him out on it even though it was a pound more uh we kind of got into it danny danny wanted one and he wanted the ultralight and we run it one race over at cherokee Bay. we didn't start whenever we pulled pushed it down back down pit road after he won the race i could hear the i could hear the rear end roaring and uh come to find out they said that's qualifying so uh that's that's some complicated stuff yes, there uh, you you get you getting into it now and uh but uh 
you know, I'm sure there's a whole lot of people out there that followed what you were saying a whole lot better than I did. But that was that was in-depth uh, analysis on the transmission and the clutch. But we're going to take a break. We'll be back after the top of the hour. This is Start Your Engines. This is the place to be. Listen to Spartanburg Vikings football right here. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSPG Spartanburg. We are what you need to know today in the ladies singles final of the french open world number one iga sviantek of poland was just too much for american coco Gauff. the rock back to reach up and the serve at championship point out wide the forehand from Goff is deep it's too deep and iga sviantek screams and she is down on her knees in the rolling garros clay a massive smile on the face of iga sviantek the world number one she is unstoppable right now. Gigi Sam of the call on Roland Garros Radio as Fiontek won it 6-1, 6-3. In Game 2 of the NHL's Eastern Conference Finals on Friday night, the New York Rangers defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2. The Rangers lead the series two games to none. Baseball, the New York Yankees have just reinstated Giancarlo Stanton from the 10-day injured list. I'm Isaac Lowenkron. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey, this is Ryan Cleary. Join Anthony Greer, Alex Smith, and myself weekday afternoons for Open Mic, Spartanburg's longest-running radio show. Whether it's high school athletics, Carolina or Clemson, USC Upstate, the Braves, we've got opinions and we want to hear from you. Open Mic, 3 until 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, and of course the Fox Sports 1400 app. Tracing roots to 1832, Jenny is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555. And in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. 
Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. The Hub City Farmers Market is back. They will be open from 11 to 2 on March 19th for their final winter market, and then they'll be open every Saturday from 8 to noon beginning April 2nd. The Hub City Farmers Market features the freshest local produce, meat and dairy products, as well as artisan crafts and bath and body products from local vendors. Every Saturday will feature live music as well as activities for the kids. Remember to shop local with the Hub City Farmers Market, presented by Spartanburg Regional, located at 498 Howard Street, Open every Saturday beginning April 2nd. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. <laughs> Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, Here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg on a gorgeous Saturday morning. And as we do every year, as close as we can to June the 6th, we do... Um, I play our interview with Bud Moore that I did when I, he and I wrote his biography. And uh, I think this was in 2015, sitting in his kitchen. But um, I wish I could have stopped him, but he sort of, uh, I think this is the one where he, he's rubbing his hand on the counter and sometimes he drums his fingers on the counter and that microphone on that uh, tape recorder picked it up. But uh, it's well worth it. I love hearing it. So let's listen to Bud Moore. Talking about D-Day. This is whenever they were talking about we was going to make a dry run on, on the beach in England and all this kind of stuff. So they had the guys waterproof all the jeeps and the trucks and do all this stuff, you know. And then they loaded us up and took us back down to Liverpool. And they put us all on, put, put our whole platoon on this LCI 149. I know we'll forget the number. So... How many people was on that? Well, I don't know exactly, but I know our whole platoon was, first platoon was. So it hold a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> we uh, we sat there the rest of the day, and then it moved next morning. It moved away from the dock and just moved out a little bit. And uh, this was about June the 1st, I think it was, maybe June the 2nd when they loaded us. So, that morning of June the 2nd, I think it was. No, June. Let me get my day straight here. We got on that ship on June the, June the 3rd. That's when it was. 
and we set our rest that night. So the next morning we moved out into the English Channel, and they kept pulled us out there and got out there, you know. And they, we went out there so far, and we got out there, and it, when they were moving, walked out there, and all you see was ships. They were thousands of them. I said, boys, y'all need to come up here and look. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, this ain't no damn dry run, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Something else is going on here. <laughs> so the evening of June the 4th, about, I guess, 3 or 4 o'clock that afternoon, the PT boat pulled upside our ship. And they, two, three officers got off to come aboard. And they had this map. And they put, hooked this map up and pulled it down started talking to us about it. They said, boys, now here's where we're going to land, here's what we're going to do, and all this stuff. And I said, boys, this ain't no die run. That's goddamn English coast. I mean, Francis coast. They were showing us exactly where we were going in. Well, we didn't know all this, but what they did, they took our regiment out of the 359th Infantry Regiment and attached us to the 4th Infantry Division to make the salt on Utah Beach. Well, our regiment and the two regiments out of the 4th Infantry Division made the assault and the other regiment, 4th was in reserve. So they said this is all going to happen in the morning. So anyway, this was June, the evening of June the 4th. So it was called off account of the weather. The weather was bad. It was raining cloudy and all this stuff so anyway they called it off so again on uh, the evening of June the 5th I guess it was about 7 or 8 o'clock here comes that PT boat again pulled up the side right and they come on board again and said boys 5 o'clock in the morning if you remember seeing maybe the Patton in the movies and all, it, it, it never was noticed that they got the notice to about 8 or 9 o'clock that night. Mm -hmm. <coughs> anyway, we, so we got our notice that it, it was about, I said, 8 o'clock, part of I know, I don't know for sure. So the next morning, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, these damn landing craft pulled up. We climbed aboard them. And we went out through the ships, and we got out there, and we could see the shoreline, the lights and all the shoreline. We were between the battle wagons and the shore. And it was still dark. Still dark. And we, we were just circling out there. And we were probably 30 minutes ahead of landing. And we were probably three-quarters of a mile, maybe a mile still at sea. <clears throat> when all hell broke loose. That's when all them big battle wagons and all them big 16-inches on them things started firing and lighting up the shoreline, man. They blasted the hell out of the shoreline and all this stuff. And y'all were between it, we between were, the battleships? We, we were between the battleships and them. And uh, so because they wanted us to see the minute they quit firing for us to hit the beach. So anyway, all this was going on, and uh, that we we talked Thank to you. one another, and uh, I said, "Boys, this is going to be a piece of cake." 
there ain't nobody be alive over there. And from what we were seeing, by it being still partially dark <laughs> and the way all the explosion was going on. So anyway, <clears throat> just we just they we they knew that the, when the, we were to move on in. And after about 15 minutes, I'd say, or 20 minutes of firing, all them guns firing, then we started moving towards the shore. And we see them big shells going right over our heads when we was going. And all of a sudden, they stopped, and we were probably oh, a quarter mile or so. We went in. And what happened when we got there and going in, in our landing craft, the landing craft was supposed to go in and let the front end down where it wouldn't be in water but about two foot deep. The Germans started shooting artillery into them. They wasn't putting any artillery on the beach. It was all landing out in the ocean to stop the boats from coming in. They was hitting sometimes. There's, the, there's some boats that got hit, the whole load of get get a whole boat up. Anyway, when that boy landed ours, we went down. We went off and we was in water up over our shoulders. And then I'm going to tell you, ain't no telling. They said there was quite a few. They said I heard after the war and everything else that we lost probably 30 or 40 got drowned. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. <clears throat> but anyway, I got off and stepped in a shell hole. With that tripod on my shoulder and my backpack and all. And I had a hard time getting out of that shell hole and water over my head. I was taking in water and doing all this, and finally I got out of it. And I just kept going straight as I could go to get to the beach. And I was spitting up water and doing this, you know, trying to. You still to had your tripod? Oh, yeah, I still had it. I didn't let it go, I kept it. Anyway, I got over on, finally got across the beach, sat down behind the sand dune, and finally coughed up enough water and got to where I started breathing a little bit. <clears throat> and about this time I heard someone say, Oh, let's go, let's get going here. I said, God damn, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> but what got me, you know, was all the stuff that's going on and guys getting hurt and all this stuff, you know, and here I am. I just, you know, just turned 19 years old and uh, born and raised. And I, I was brought up a little bit different. You didn't start killing one another stuff and guys getting shot and hurt and blowed up and everything else I said this ain't no place for me I shouldn't be in here but then you had to realize it was war so we got in we fought on in the rest of the day so while y'all were coming across the beach there, there was I mean the, the bombs were blowing up and I mean they were they, they were, they they, were they, they fighting back pretty hard the, we didn't have much small arms fire okay all. They was, there was mostly artillery coming in, okay. and it was landing out in the water. Okay. There wasn't anything landing on the beach. All right, and it, no, none of the, you see the pillboxes and things. No, I didn't have, we didn't okay. have pillboxes. Okay. I went in on Utah Beach. Right. We didn't have pillboxes. Omaha's one had the pillboxes, okay. and that's what was wrong to start with. Whoever planned that thing didn't have no business doing what they did. You see, here's Omaha, here's Utah. We were probably two miles a bit above them. Mm -hmm. All they do is move us up, and we never went in there. Mm -hmm. They went in the hardest place. The 29th Infantry Division, 
went in on Omaha and they say that uh, they wasn't over 40 or 50 walked away. Mm. They wiped the whole thing. Mm. But anyway, they, uh, we went on the rest of the day and uh, we got in. I'm going to say we got in that night probably a quarter mile, maybe half a mile. I don't know. But you had some cover, right? I mean, it was like trees and things. Oh, yeah, we had trees and yeah. all this stuff going in, and, and uh, we got into the hedgerow. You know what the hedgerow is? Yes, sir, I do. But anyway, <clears throat> we got in that night. You know, it didn't get dark over at 11 o'clock. Mm. And it's just getting dust dark, and we had dug in our foxhole and dug in, you know, for the night in, in a defensive position. Had the machine gun set up and everything, the foxhole, and me and second gunner was in this foxhole. Anyway, we heard the dead blackest rumbling you ever heard. We heard all these airplanes coming. I said, boys, we in deep trouble now. Them Germans gonna blow our butt slam off this damn beat. So we were just scared to death, I'll be frank with you. And about that time we'd seen the moon was shining. We could see a little bit. Here they come over, and it was our planes coming. That's when they dropped the 82nd and 101st Airborne right in front of us. We seen them coming down. They were probably three or four miles ahead of us. So they were coming in from the ocean. They were coming from in from the ocean. Yeah. Side. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they dropped the paratroopers in front of us. And all these guns firing up, and all these uh, flares and everything that's going on, you know, and. and Ain't no telling how many of them troopers were dead before they ever got to the ground. Mm. But anyway, <clears throat> so that made us feel a little better. <laughs> but so the next day, we had very little resistance the next day. But we drove in to where the paratroopers were. We run in and met the paratroopers. And, uh, which, uh, the Germans couldn't stand the paratroopers being behind them and us pushing them in front. Mm -hmm. So they went this way. So what really had us worried and all this stuff, you know, Omaha was still blocked. And finally they, they said something about it, says, well, they don't know yet, Eisenhower may call us back because Omaha wasn't going in, so we didn't know what was happening there. But finally they did get something other broke loose over on Omaha and they got off the beach and got going on that side and got things going. So anyway, <clears throat> now let me ask you a question right here and I don't want to ruin your train of thought, but I just, <clears throat> if I don't say these things, I'll forget them. Oh, no. uh, all the way through your training, like from Mississippi to, to New Jersey to, to work to the beach, was there, were you with the same bunch of guys? I mean, did you have friends? That, that you know, like, uh, did you have like a best friend or, or, well, or we people had, that, that we you had were, our we had our y'all been together a long time now. Well, see, we'd we'd been to see from the time we hit New Jersey, mm -hmm. and we joined the 9th Infantry Division, joined the first platoon out of 359th Infantry Infantry Regiment. Mm -hmm. We were we were all friends then, right? Because see, we took training and all together right. and all this stuff. So we're the, all the ones still hit the beach together, right? And we all, you know, uh, all our gunners and first gunners, second gunners, and second platoon, first platoon, and all this kind of stuff. See, we're all was one unit. Right. 
see what happened on our deal, see the first platoon, if A company or B, whichever one, the rifle, you had A, B, and C company. That's mm -hmm. three rifle companies in a battalion. Well, if these two companies were on the front line, then first platoon would be with this one and second platoon would be with this one. With water. So we joined them on the front line. Because, mm -hmm. see, we had water-cooled water machine guns. Right. Then our 81 millimeter mortars, they sit back here behind us, and they they help uh, uh, mortar fire and all, whatever needed, mm -hmm. back here to, for these two companies, whichever they were there. And see, our third platoon had observers and all. Mortar the guys were observing up there when they needed mortar fire, and then they called back and he directed. Okay, but I mean, but you had like pals. You had you had friends. Oh yeah, we okay. had friends and all okay. this. That, that, that's that's what I wanted. I mean, it wasn't like you were with a bunch of strangers. No, These no, were like we your brothers. No, no, we were we were all we were all been together from the time we got to Fort Dix, New Jersey. Okay, that was my question. But anyway. All right, so go ahead. I didn't mean to. I just wanted to. But uh, after, you know, going in and meeting the paratroopers and fighting through the Zigbee line, not the Zigbee line, but fighting through the hedgerows mm -hmm. and, and all this, and what was so bad, you know, see where the gliders came in, you know, and the Germans was, and had the French labor set these big pieces, half of the trees up in all this open field. And these gliders thought they were open. They'd come in and fly all the pieces. I mean, it's, a lot of guys got hurt bad. I mean, they ain't telling how many got killed on that deal coming mm -hmm. in. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, seeing all this kind of stuff, you know, was bad. Did you see the gliders coming over? Oh, yeah. Uh, th that was, they came over when the paratroopers yeah. came over? Oh, okay. yeah. They was all landing at the same time. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But anyway, as we fought on through then and went on through the Zigbee line and then, uh, I mean, the, the hedgerows and all this time. So finally, we was in this little town called Pierre, France. We had taken it, and there's a crossroad. And uh, Pierre's here in St. Louis up here, 10 miles away. And I had a machine gun set up in a second floor of a hotel, right guarding this, this crossroad right there. And Word came down and says, uh, there's going to be a lot of aircraft just showing up today and going to be a lot of bombs. And that's uh, where I cut it off because we're getting on inland now. And uh, it's, uh, it's a heck of a story, Greg. It's, I could listen to that. And, uh, I mean, your, your daddy was a hell of a guy with uh, not just being in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, but what he did before he got there. And that's uh, a lot to be proud of there, buddy awful proud and every time i hear that uh like i say they didn't like talk about it much but ford kind of made him on the 50th anniversary of d-day talk a little bit but them are some tough son of a guns. i know that the thing that with the 357 the 359 they took the young guys and they put them together and uh anyway they had to hit beats first yeah it, it's a bad deal but i'm awful proud um, you should be proud, and I'm proud to play it, and I'm proud to have known your father, and I'm going to play it every June the 6th as close as I can to it. Uh, and then on Veterans Day, we're going to hear about him uh, capturing the German headquarters, which is actually, I mean, it's so unbelievable. It's, he makes it kind of funny. But uh, let's take a break, come back, and uh, wrap up uh, some uh, 
unfinished business with what happened last week. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Big selection. All great. Better deals. Come and get it at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway. No payment for 45 or even the first 90 days at Impex Pre-Owned. Come check out the best selection of pre-owned vehicles and test drive your next ride today. Ask about our first-time buyers program. Hurry on over to Impex Pre-Owned, 8989 Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs. We can get you driving no matter what. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. There's something special happening year-round in the city of Spartanburg, including a variety of seasonal events and festivals. Downtown Spartanburg offers several great options for retail shopping, as well as a great selection of restaurants and bars where you can have the fish and chips at Delaney's Irish Pub, you can try something off the new menu at RJ Rockers, or even catch a game with friends at Main Street Pub. If you're looking for something family-friendly, check out the Music Trail or the Sparkle City Mini Putt, which is always free to play. For more information on upcoming events, check out the city's Facebook page. The City of Spartanburg, always doing. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right, Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And uh, we are going to um, go over the results from last week. A lot to cover here. And I'll be as uh, thorough as I can with the amount of time we got left, which is about 27 minutes. So we're looking good. Denny Hamlin won the Coca-Cola 600, as we 
discussed earlier after, uh, I don't know if it was a record or not, but it they had uh, 18 caution flags for 90 laps, which was almost one quarter of the whole race. And uh, so that was a, that was a lot of, a lot of torn up cars. Uh, one of the most spectacular wrecks in a while, of course, and probably the most spectacular in Charlotte in quite a few years was when Chris Boucher was involved in that crash that uh, um, happened there. I, I think it was like the next to last caution when his car, the wheel came off as he was sliding across the carpet. That's not grass, it's carpet, and it works very well. Um, the cars don't dig in at all, although this one, when the wheel folded up under the car, it's, it set it to flipping, and uh, that was Chris Boucher, and I have just received some word from Ronnie that uh, – who's listening. I appreciate the help, Ronnie, that, uh, Chris Boucher is out of today's race or tomorrow's race with COVID protocol. Evidently he's been bitten by the COVID bug and, uh, Zane Smith, who was a prominent and very good truck driver, I guess we'll get his big shot at, uh, at the big time driving, uh, the number 17 Roush, uh, Fenway Kozlowski car. So, uh, but the results from Charlotte, Denny Hamlin was the winner. He started on the pole and he finished first. And a lot happened in between that he uh, was able to avoid. And uh, Kyle Busch was involved in a lot. I think he had a pit road penalty and uh, several things went on with him, didn't it there, Alan? Yes, he did. He um, he faced a lot of adversity and had an excellent chance to win the race. But he finished second. So it was a one-two sweep for Gibbs. Third was Kevin Harvick, who's started 18th and knocking on the door for that first win in a long time. I think since like 2020, maybe something like that. Chase Briscoe had a great race and that's, uh, that's, uh, Kevin Harvick's teammate. There was Stuart Haas was fourth. Fifth was Christopher bell and another Gibbs car. So Gibbs had three of the top five. Sixth was Tyler Reddick driving for Childress. Seventh, Ricky Stenhouse had a real good run for JTG Daughtry in the, uh, um, and there's Chevrolet eighth, another good finish. And I believe I heard him say, this is like the fourth week in a row that Michael McDowell has been in the top 10 with that number 34 loves car. Although this was, um, freight auctions, but, uh, he's doing real well. And, uh, he may be sneaking up in that standings. We'll check that in just a second. Ninth was Kyle Larson and 10th was Alex Bowman, the showman, the point standings after, uh, Charlotte, and this is the playoff standings. Um, and that gummit somehow I got it cut off at 13. But anyway, these uh, first 11 are race winners, and we've got three people now with two wins this year. Ross Chastain is leading the points, though, by 35 over William Byron. And Denny Hamlin is third, and these are the three guys with two wins. Then these next guys have uh, just one win this season. Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, 6th, Joey Logano, 7th, Alex Bowman, 8th, Kyle Larson, ninth Chase Briscoe, 10th, Austin Sendrick, and 11th, Kurt Busch. And I'm sorry, this got cut off. 12th is uh, Ryan Blaney, 13th, Martin Truex, and um, I just don't know who's next. <laughs> I didn't notice when I printed it out last night that it got cut off. But uh, their next race will be tomorrow at Worldwide Technology Raceway, which is actually Gateway, which is in, uh, as I said, in Madison, Illinois, across the Mississippi River from St. Louis. And uh, 
Greg, I think you were saying something not long ago about Kenny Wallace. I think he's going to be one of the guest commentators tomorrow, or they're going to interview him or something. But uh, he's from the St. Louis area, as is uh, um, McMurray. So, uh, and Ken Schrader, of course, he's from Missouri, but they are going to have Kenny Wallace at some point on the, the broadcast. And this is the last one for Fox this year. After this, there won't be, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll switch over to NBC, which will be, be uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and um, Jeff Burton blinking all the time and <laughs> and that irritating voice of his and, uh, and the, the NBC crew. Well, I didn't hear you say nothing about Dale Jr. at Indy. Well, I haven't got to Indy yet. Okay. I'm getting there. Uh, yeah, they had, he's up there as a, Danica was up there with Danica, a little eye candy, but, uh, let's go to the Xfinity race, which they ran on last Saturday. And actually, you know, we, uh, had another miserable day for, uh, Jeremy Clements. He didn't start well and he finished even worse. So, uh, Josh Berry was the winner. Ty Gibbs was second. So actually, uh, um, JR Motorsports continues their string of, of, uh, pretty much dominating the uh, Xfinity series right now. Third was Sam Mayer for JR Motorsports. Fourth was Noah Cragson for JR Motorsports. Fifth was Ryan Priest. Sixth was Daniel Hemrick. Seventh, Justin Allgaier. Eighth, Sheldon Creed. Ninth, Trevor Bain in a Joe Gibbs car. And tenth was Miat Snyder. As I said, Jeremy Clements, as miserable as his day was, he uh, he finished 22nd. I did put the staple right on top of where he finished, so... Uh, um, but, and he started, uh, 23rd. So he, uh, you know, did about what he, where he started. But the thing about it is he still managed to move up, uh, one position in the point standings. That's good. Well, yeah, that was good, but he's got a long way to go. As I'm going to point out right now, uh, the point standings after, uh, Charlotte, AJ Allmendinger is leading and he's 33 points ahead of Noah Cragson. Third is Ty Gibbs. Fourth, Justin Allgaier. Fifth, Josh Berry. Sixth, Sam Mayer. Seventh, Brandon Jones. Eighth, Austin Hill. Ninth, Riley Herbst. And tenth is Daniel Hemrick. Jeremy has moved up to 18th in the standings. He is 53 points out of uh, 17th, uh, Brandon Brown, and 56 points behind Brett Moffat, who's in 16th. He's got to get in the top 12 to make the playoffs, or he's got to win a race. They are on the road course this week. And uh, actually, he didn't qualify uh, for Jeremy all that bad. He's 16th. He's out right outside of the eighth row. Uh, the lineup for today, and this race is at 4.30 this afternoon. It's on the West Coast. So uh, got plenty of time to cut the grass and cook some ribs or whatever you need to do. No, you're going to cut the grass. No, I'm, I'm, going, rib. I'm going swimming. <laughs> yeah, you cut the uh, You eat the rib. I'm uh I'm going up to a friend's with uh, the family. I thought I was going to go shopping, but it got changed <laughs> for the better. I'd a whole lot rather be in a swimming pool than uh, walking around Westgate. But anyway, um, on the poll today will be Anthony Alfredo. And uh, and uh, I hate to say this, he's driving the Dude Wipes Chevy. I don't even want to go there. Uh, Austin Hill is second. Second row is Daniel Hemrick and Sam Mayer. Third is Jade Buford who uh, drives at number 48, and this is by far his best start ever with Ty Gibbs. Fourth row, Sheldon Creed and Connor Mozak, who was driving the Gibbs car. 
And fifth is Justin Allgaier and A.J. Allmendinger. As I said, this is um, on a road course in Portland, Oregon, and they have never been there before. NASCAR said it's been over 20 years. I don't remember them ever going to Portland. I don't either, Perry. It's a road course. Uh, but Jeremy's on the outside of the eighth row with uh, actually sports car um, or road course sports car driver Andy Lolly inside of him. So that'll be at 430 today. And the name of that race is the, um, the Pacific Automation 147. That's a weird number. All right. Let's go to Indianapolis. Uh, well, no, let's do the trucks next. They are not racing this weekend. Their next race will be the Toyota 130, uh, the Toyota 200 at 130 on FS1 next week. And I believe that is in Iowa. And uh, the point standings there, John Hunter Nemechek is first. Second is Ben Rhodes. Third is Zane Smith, who I just mentioned will be in the cup race tomorrow driving for a uh, in, in place of um, Chris Boucher, who's got COVID. Fourth is Chandler Smith. Fifth, Stuart Friesen. Sixth, Tom Ajeski. Seventh, Christian Eckes. Eighth, Carson Hostsavar. Ninth, Grant Enfinger. And tenth, Matt, Matt Crafton. Indianapolis. I thought the Indianapolis 500 was a, was a terrific race. It didn't quite beat Charlotte in my mind, but I tell you, they, they didn't have any stages, and they were running 200 high 220s. For the whole day, even in traffic and everything, and Marcus Erickson driving the Husky Chocolate um, car for Chip Ganassi was the winner, and he was wearing a Ronnie Peterson um, tribute helmet because they're both from Sweden, and, uh, of course, Ronnie passed away uh, at Monza back in 1978, and Marcus was interviewed, was a um, honoring him second was patricio award that victory was by 1.793 seconds so almost a two second victory which is pretty long uh pretty wide margin for these guys at indy third and i bet they wish he'd retired was a uh, tony Kanan. that was a chip ganassi finishing first and third and finishing second and fourth were the uh, arrow mclarens with fourth place going to felix rosenquist Fifth was Alexander Rossi, a former winner. Sixth, Connor Daly. Seventh, Helio Castroneves, who has to wait another year to try for five. Eighth, Simon Pagino. Ninth, Alex Pillow. And tenth was Santino Ferrucci. I'll go a little bit farther and say that Juan Pablo Montoya went from 30th to um, 11th. Greg, uh, pretty much a big shame there for, for uh, Scott Dixon, who I think he had him covered. But he was a little too quick on pit road. And you could see when he was coming down pit road how he abruptly slowed down because I think he knew he was going too fast, although he said he couldn't believe it. Well, anyway, uh, Andy, both races were great. I tend to, uh, the Andy thing, uh, my brother Darrell, who don't have much to say but knows all about racing, built motors and everything, he's still mad about the Scott Dixon thing. But yeah. the bottom line was, he messed up according to rules, and he, and he didn't win the race, but he sure had them covered. So, and I thought they were both real good races. Yeah, Scott Dixon led uh, 95 laps, so he almost led half the race. But he ended up 21st, and that was Ganassi. And uh, Ganassi just had a real good day all the way around. But as dominant as Scott Dixon is, and I think he had to lead like, uh, 
Now, this isn't exactly, but I think if he led 130 laps, he was going to move up to like third all time and, and laps led at Indianapolis, which, uh, which is kind of amazing that he's only won that race one time. And that was in 2008. Uh, Jimmy Johnson had a good race going. He actually led two laps and that was like around lap 190 and 191. In fact, uh, uh, I can tell you exactly when he led here, except that I cut it off again. I'm going to have to start, uh, wait a minute, maybe, maybe I've got it here, but he led, yeah, he led, um, laps 188 and 189 came in and made his pit stop. And that's why he led as, as, uh, Deb pointed out, but I mean, somebody had to lead. So if you led the Indianapolis 500 in your life, I would say that's kind of a pretty decent thing to put on your resume that you at least led it. But when he came back out, he unfortunately lost it and uh, on 193rd lap crashed into the wall, didn't get a chance to finish, but he did get rookie of the year. Now, Deb said earlier that he didn't, but it has been brought to our attention that he did. One of our one of our listeners uh, uh, texted Allen and sent him a picture of, uh, of uh, Jimmy accepting the award. So Jimmy Johnson was the rookie of the year at Indianapolis. Congratulations to him. This was a double points paying race, which not many people know. And, uh, and, uh, in light of that, the points leader now after the Indianapolis 500 is Marcus Erickson. He has a 13 point lead over Patricio award. He has a 14 point lead over Alex Palo, the defending champion. Fourth is will power. Fifth, Joseph Newgarden. Sixth, Scott Dixon. Seventh, Scott McLaughlin. Eighth, Simon Pagino. Ninth, Felix Rosenquist. And tenth was Carlos Herta, who had that thrown-together car so he could get in the race since he flipped uh, the day before, and he said it was undrivable. In fact, he said when they interviewed him that they waved him off the track because he couldn't keep it up to minimum speed. So, uh, But here's something, boys, I did not know, and I thought I knew my Indy, and I thought I knew racing. Renus VK, who uh, also is from Sweden, no, he's from Holland. I'm sorry. Ran a great race. He fell out early, but he was a. Uh, he started on the front row. His name's not VK. It's sort of like you remember when uh, Ron Keslowski came up and they called him Ron K because nobody wanted to say Keslowski. Renus's last name is Van Kalmuth, and I did not know that. I didn't know that either. So instead of Renus Van Kalmuth, it's uh, they call him Renus VK, and I found that out. And I was very surprised. Well, apparently, never, never, I've never heard that mentioned on television or I anywhere. Haven't, I haven't either. And but that just shows with Indy, you do have an international driver situation. Oh, they, they, it's unbelievable. I mean, they have three drivers. They had three drivers from Sweden. I mean, they, they had the globe covered practically. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's take our next break. We're a little bit late for it. We're going to come back and do our last segment. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Low prices, big selection, quality customer service. That's Nissan of Greer. Get big savings on over 300 new Nissans. Shop our large selection of used vehicles, including Nissan certified pre-owned. Plus, we're the place for commercial fleets, for expert service. And if you need credit, come and get it. Ask about military, college grad, and mobility assist savings too. Hurry to Nissan of Greer today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. 
Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees. Amateur. Boxing is back in Spartanburg as the 2022 South Carolina Golden Gloves Championship returns to Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium June 17th and 18th. Come out and see the best amateur boxer South Carolina has to offer as they battle for the Golden Gloves State Championship. Doors open at 6 p.m. Friday, June 17th. Bell time is at 7. Saturday, doors open at 5 o'clock. Bell time at 6. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit scgoldengloves.com. Mics are hot. <laughs> I said that on the air. First time <laughs> I've done that in five years. <laughs> My timing was a little off. Start me up, AJ. I messed that one up. 
Uh, and I did want to make a, a comment that uh, um, it was good to see Indianapolis with a full house. I mean, it was it was packed. I, I, there weren't many empty seats. Uh, some detractor might say, oh, yeah, I saw a couple over here or there. I saw a block, but it looked like maybe a bus was still out in the parking lot and the people that were supposed to be in those 40 or 50 seats hadn't shown up yet. But, uh, yeah, Indianapolis was, was, I thought, very good and great to see the crowds back. Let's go to ARCA real quick. Uh, they ran at Charlotte. We covered that previously. They will run next um, next Saturday on June the 11th, the Calypso Lemonade 150 at Iowa. And uh, I think that's where also uh, I mentioned the trucks are going to be. The point standings for ARCA, Rajah Karuth, the uh, diversity driver, the African-American, is uh, leading the standings ahead of Nick Sanchez, another uh, – diversity driver third is daniel die fourth tony breitinger a, a female ahead of amber Balkane. what i talked a little bit about her last week whose a husband's a canadian pro football player so we've got an african-american a mexican uh a caucasian american and two females in the top five I, you can't get much more diverse than that i mean that's uh that's working out pretty well for them. Sixth is Greg Van Alt. Seventh, Zachary Trickle. Uh, Tinkle, I'm sorry. I think it would be Trickle, but it's Tinkle. <laughs> Eighth is Corey Helm. Ninth, Brad, Brad Smith. And tenth is uh, Ryan Huff. I noticed that Charlotte Brad Smith, you know, he's doing it about all Hilton stuff, and his car is still red with the yellow 48s on it, just like Hilton had. But I think Hilton's stuff is probably pretty obsolete. We started off last Sunday in the morning with the Formula One race at um, Monaco. You watched that one, Alan? Yes, I did. That was kind of a touchy situation. Well, there. it was. They, and I made the comment, of course, uh, end up with my foot in my mouth again. As last uh, Sunday, I said, well, we don't have to worry about rain at Monaco because they don't care if it's raining or not. Well, they do care because uh, the start was delayed 45 minutes. And then they had trouble deciding again which tire to use. And uh, as you've seen, when the track started drying out, that the guys had to go to the intermediate tires. And a couple of them, uh, one was our Haas driver. He decided he'd go with the slicks, and it didn't wind up too good for him. I'm telling you what, he broke the car in half yep. against the tire barrier. He, he bounced off nose first of the inside guardrail, and was sliding backwards across that wet track and hit the tire barrier, and it broke broke it right behind the driver's compartment, and the engine was really just connected by maybe a hose or something. But the only passing you actually seen was in pits. Yeah. I mean, the track is so narrow, and these cars have got so much technology to them now that uh, it, I, I, didn't, I couldn't see – I couldn't see no – there's no racing to it in a way. That You're right, and I was actually – I was kind of disappointed, you yes. know, after all the Monaco races I've watched in the past. And they used to come tearing down through after that uh, that incredible hairpin where they come around and they go yep. downhill. Yep. And they come out by the ocean side. They used to have a fast chicane right there. And they took it out. They took it out. They got like a – it's more of a just a left-hand turn. And it well, – I don't know. The race was off pit road. Yeah. When, it was, you, I, when you come off pit road, uh, that was the deal of uh, if I come out in front of him, I could hold him behind me. So, uh, no racing. Nah, 
Well, I like seeing them go through the tunnel. That was kind of cool. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, Perry. You know, we've seen we all the way from Grand Prix, and we 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 know Monza was a high bank deal. Uh, we're not talking about Monza. We're talking about Monza. But going through that that bridge, under tunnel, tunnel. Well, anyway, well, that, t- it, but it's pretty impressive, and the cars sound neat and everything. But uh, the the tracks, it's just about outlived its usefulness. And um, but they'll keep it on the schedule because they've been there since 1929, and uh, they'll be there, I'm sure, next year with the with the royal family and all that stuff. Well, Sergio Perez was the winner, and Red Bull Racing um, has won five of the seven races this year. Only this time it wasn't Max Verstappen; it was Perez. So um, he was the winner. Carlos Sainz was second, and Ferrari. Third was uh, Max Verstappen. Fourth, Charles Leclerc in the other Ferrari. Oh, my red limiter on my voice is hitting me here. Charles, I um, mean, George Russell was fifth in the uh, Mercedes. Sixth, Lando Norris for McLaren. Seventh, Fernando Alonso. Eighth, Lewis Hamilton, who is just not having a Lewis Hamilton year. Ninth was Valtteri Bottas. And tenth was Sebastian Vettel. As we mentioned, the... Uh, the American uh, Haas Formula One cars, which are Ferraris. Nick Schumacher finished uh, next to last in 19th and broke his car in half. And dead last was Kevin Magnuson. So uh, that was a bad deal for uh, those cars. But uh, like I said, that I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in Monaco. Used to like it. The point standings. Max Verstappen has a nine-point lead over Charles Leclerc, the Ferrari driver. Third is Verstappen's teammate, Sergio Perez. Fourth, George Russell. Fifth, Carlos Sainz. Sixth, Lewis Hamilton. Seventh, Lando Norris. Eighth, Valtteri Bottas. Ninth is Bon Ocon. And tenth is still Kevin Magnussen. Excuse me. Next Sunday, they will race in Baku, Azerbaijan. That will be on Sunday, June the 12th for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. WeatherTech Sports Cars, they are racing today up in Detroit. And um, that race will be on, and I'll, uh, I'll touch on that in just a second when it's on television. But we've had a change at the Whelan Engineering um, Cadillac team. Pipo Durrani is still tied for fifth, or still in fifth place with uh, Tristan Nunez, but we're not going to have Tristan anymore, Alan. No, uh, they're making a little driver change in uh, Wheeling Cadillac. They are Olivier Pla. Olivier now, Pla. I said that correctly, I yeah. think. P-L-A. <laughs> and uh, see if they can get things back on track. Yeah, he's. I looked him up last night and did a little research on him. He's won his class at uh, Le Mans before, not the top class, but, you know, if you win any class at Le Mans, you've done pretty good, and he might have even done it more than once. But he's an experienced driver. He drove in this series uh, in 2019, but um, Felipe Albuquerque and Ricky Taylor are leading the points. They've got a 32-point lead over Tom Blomquist, and then in thir- fourth and fifth is Alex Lynn and Earl Bamber. Sixth and seventh are Richard Wester- Westbrook and Tristan Vautier, and um, and then comes uh, Tristan. Well. It was Tristan Nunez. Well, it still is in the points, Tristan Nunez and Pipo Durrani, but Tristan not going to get any points this week. And they're 132 points out of first place. They will be racing uh, today at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. 
and they've qualified fifth. They qualified yesterday, and uh, Sebastian Bourdais and Ringer van der Zandy are on the pole in a Cadillac. Tom Blomquist and Olivia, uh, Oliver Jarvis are second. Third is Ricky Taylor and Felipe Albuquerque. Third, fourth is Lynn, Alex Lynn and Earl Bamber. And fifth is Olivier Pla and Pipo Durrani. And that's who we're pulling for. The other uh, DPI, um, Daytona prototype, is Christian Vautier and Richard Westbrook starting sixth. And let's go to the television. So uh, we have today NASCAR Cup qualifying is going on right now. And for another half an hour or so, from 11 to 12.30, and that is on FS1 at Gateway. Um, at 1.30 today, the Camping World Truck Series will be racing at Gateway on FS1. And IndyCar qualifying will start at 12.35 to 1.50, and that's on Peacock at Detroit, uh, Belle Isle is actually. And I did mention before that this is the last year they're going to run Belle Isle. They're going to the downtown streets of Detroit starting next year. And they've been at Belle Isle for a long time. Um, and then 3.30, I mean, I'm sorry, 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock today is the uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Cars Championship Series. That will be on USA Today. USA Today's a newspaper. On USA Network and, uh, and Peacock. And that is, uh, once again, at Belle Isle. And then at 4.30 to 7 is... Uh, the Xfinity race from Portland, Oregon. And as I said earlier, Jimmy, I mean, uh, Jeremy Clements is starting 16th there. Then tomorrow, the cup race, another late start in get at gateway in the central time zone will be at three 30 and IndyCar will go head to head with it at three 30. Uh, NASCAR is on FS one IndyCar is on USA and Peacock. They both start at three 30 looking ahead just a little bit next week is Le Mans. And uh, that is on wall-to-wall, 24-hour coverage if you can get Motor Trend Network. I, I think Lanny told us one, t- one time how to do that, but I don't know how to do it. Um, and, and ARCA will be at, at Iowa on MAV-TV at 9 o'clock. And uh, that's about it. We've got a minute and a half. Alan, a lot of action to go see tonight, yep. and the weather should be good. Weather should be good up at Harris Speedway and plus Cherokee Speedway. Uh, a lot of good local racing going on. And uh, got uh, Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Let's bring up a little Mr. Wilson. He's going, uh, I think he's going down to Tacoa Speedway with the 44 car of John Ruggiero. Okay. They're going down there to a little racetrack. And uh, they go around. I looked at the racetrack and some of the past races that they've had this past month and stuff they get around to koa in 12 seconds good grief. so uh if you go to the bathroom you're gonna miss the race you're gonna, <laughs> they can make five laps in one minute so uh good luck to them going down to Tacoa. five laps a minute and uh mr wilson don't leave your truck running because it kills your gas mileage there you go and <laughs> greg you got about 10 15 seconds all I know is I, I'm just tickled to death. You know, we've done that thing on D-Day with Daddy. Yep. Racing is healthier than it looks. If they had just the confusion and some of the evilness in the world, if that would stop and people get back on track, racing, racing, surviving is something. Well. People love auto racing. I do it. And they talk about electric cars. I just mentioned it to help the secretary. I said, you might well, boy, if they actually going that way, do a hybrid. That's all I said. 
Well, we got some up things coming up here pretty soon that we want to be uh, oh, do we do aware have? of. Is uh, We got Pikes Peak. That's in June, and we'll be having Paul Dallin back on uh, to tell us about that. I'm sure he'll probably prepare for that right now as we speak. So everybody get out and enjoy this beautiful summer, almost summer weather. Natalie, get a table ready. Greg and I are coming, and the rest of you keep it between the fences. listening to start your engines tune in each saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news interviews and guests from around the sport to find out more or order perry allen woods books on motorsports visit mcfarlandbooks.com start your engines has been a presentation of fox sports spartanburg llc all rights reserved Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg. Ex-Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg on a hazy kind of morning, but uh Beautiful Saturday for racing, that's for sure, all around the world. We got some big-time uh, racing going on. And uh, how you doing over there, Alan? Doing good, Perry. I'm not hearing anything here. Me neither. Let's see what's going on. Uh, Tyler, you still out there? We're not hearing a thing here. Testing. I don't. You better call him anyway, Ronnie. I'm not getting a thing. We've had this one time before, but we're still on the air, Perry. Well, I don't, I'm, uh, can't figure out what's wrong. I'm not hearing anything on my headphones and the needles aren't moving. And, uh, that's usually not a I good sign. I just got a text that said, I'm good and you're, you're not. Who said so, that? Uh, uh, one of my, uh, listeners. listeners here on the phone. So, uh, like, uh, there we go, Perry. There you go. I must have accidentally hit something. I don't know what it was. He got out. Well, do I? Is that Tyler? Yeah. Is, can he hear us? Can you hear us on the radio? <laughs> oh. Okay. He okay. said he can hear us. Yeah. I'm still not. Everybody can hear us, and uh, we're we're coming through loud. Well, I'm not hearing myself here, so I'm not. Uh, well, anyway, I, I'm hearing you. All right. Well, I guess that's all that matters. But the needles aren't jumping over here. Okay. I just got a text that you're not really on, Perry. But uh, I'm not on. You're not on yet. But uh, still don't have Perry's. How, how's about now? Uh, Nothing. Well, I don't. I'm not sure what's going on a here. Of, a lot of background noise out here. But uh, this is a great way to start the show, and I didn't do anything but sit down and. <laughs> 
sit down and start talking. How about now? No. I can hear Perry in the background. That's all we got. Right well, uh, this is a wonderful start to the show. Very top button. Which one? Above your microphone. Number one. What do I hit? Talk? Talk. PGM. All right. How about now? There we go. I hear me. <laughs> Does the audio button need to be pushed? Audio button need to be pushed. But not program. But not program. Both should be lit up. Program and audio. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to start your engines. <laughs> That's uh, that was a rough start. I must have accidentally hit right. something. I don't know what it was, but anyway, sounds like Rona air. All the needles are jumping, and uh, no, I think it may have had to do with him having his cut off a program while he was the voice in the in the ear of the previous show on location. Could be. I'll yep. I'll buy that. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we're about uh, eight minutes into a show. We've had about thirty seconds worth of entertainment value here, but uh. Let's I, don't know, I found it pretty entertaining. Well, how are you, Ronnie? I'm fine. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, Alan? I'm good, Perry. You doing okay? Doing real good. All right. And uh, y'all try to take it easy swinging that mic back and forth because that sounded about as bad as the rest of the show has so far. How you doing, Greg? Hanging in there, Perry. Like I say, it's just pretty good weather. A lot of racing going on. A lot of racing going on, and it's uh, from... Uh, all over the United States. And then, uh, of course, this morning starts the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which uh, will give something for you people to watch. Uh, if you can get Motor Trend Television, and I, I'm not sure how to do that, but probably be very easy if you've got a smart TV. And uh, we'll talk about that just a little bit. A lot of the people that are in uh, IMSA that we talk about each week are over there. In fact, uh, Pipo Durrani starting fifth at Le Mans, but you know, in a 24 hour race, I don't think, uh, starting fifth, uh, probably has the same, uh, um, impact as starting fifth in a 25 lap race over at Cherokee Speedway. So, uh, but anyway, Le Mans is a famous, uh, ranks right up there with, um, Indianapolis and Daytona and some of the great races in the world. And, uh, that's, that's today. So, 24 Hours of Le Mans goes back, uh, I think, to 1929, if I'm not mistaken. Might even be a little bit earlier than that. But so, anyway, um, we had a lot of racing last weekend to cover. And, uh, Greg, uh, did you get us a guest this week? Yeah, we did. And, and uh, we're coming up on Sonoma, which is, was, was a good racetrack for us. Uh, and uh, we're going to have Donnie Wingo, who was uh, – a great crew chief for us, one of the best we ever had, and a wonderful person. And he was there, crew chief in the car, and calling the shots when we won that race in '93. And and uh, Donnie's going to come on at 11 o'clock and just tell us kind of what all happened because there's a good story about that. Yeah, and he was very successful in uh, in other places, but yet Le Mans, uh, Le Mans, Sonoma. He also won with uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, right? And uh, so he. Uh, I, you know, Bud Moore was a was a road course master, but evidently uh, he must have given a lot of information to Donnie Wingo for Donnie to uh, 
absorb, and Donnie was pretty good after his Budmore years. But y'all won your last three races with Donnie Wingo, the two Monday races at uh, Martinsville and North Wilkesboro, and then the final win in 1993 with uh, with Jeff Bodine. So we'll talk to Donnie Wingo, and he's also from Spartanburg, which makes it even better. And we, uh, we're real proud of him. I find out what he's doing these days, and we will uh, have him on at 11 o'clock. So stay tuned, and if I don't push any wrong buttons, we'll have him on. So, uh, Alan, there's a lot going on here locally. Uh, yes, we do, uh, but uh, we got one racetrack that won't be racing tonight, but they're going to be racing this coming Thursday night. Thursday so, uh, night. Thursday night. Uh, kind of a little bit of a strange program, but with these super late models, the way they travel and stuff, Got a lot of talk about about Eldora. You know, I said Tony Stewart racetrack yep. out there in Rossburg, Ohio, paid one million dollars Thursday <laughs> night. Actually, it paid last blue. Thursday night. Let's pass wow. Thursday night and uh, got another race there tonight. Going to pay a hundred and twenty-eight thousand. <laughs> Pays over five thousand dollars to start. Uh, actually, paid over the. They give a big check out to these guys. You know, the cardboard checks and stuff. Yeah, it was one million. Two thousand twenty-two dollars. That way, whenever he hangs it up on the wall, he knows that he actually won that race in two thousand and twenty-two. Oh, okay. And it's been exactly almost twenty-one years since uh, the last million-dollar race at Eldora. That's a lot of money. That's a lot for of money. any race for a hundred-lap dirt race. Yeah. Yes, it is one million dollars, mm. and uh, we got had a. I'll get into it a little bit later on, and uh, that'd be worth putting the twenty-five T back together for. Uh, a million bucks. A million bucks. I doubt my division <laughs> paid a million bucks, and uh, a lot of a lot of good racing was going on, and uh, a lot of last lap racing was going on at Eldora for the million bucks, and it come out clean. Okay, well that's good, and you got all the details. I got a little bit of the details here. Uh, all right, how's fishing? I hadn't heard much about fishing uh, lately. Fish, fishing my fishing. I went Thursday and. Uh, down my, the Union, or are you? I went to a different lake this week. I went to Perry's over in Cherokee. All That's, right. Matter of fact, it's, a, it's about a, uh, about two, three hundred yards from the racetrack, and I was sitting there fishing, and there was boys over there practicing at Cherokee Speedway, and it was just like I was sitting right there. The way the echo was coming across mm-hmm. that lake and stuff. Uh, one time I started throwing my bait buckets in the back of the truck and said, I got to go watch this. I got to, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, that mosquito bite started itching and I started scratching it a little bit, but, uh, uh, as far as the fishing, fishing didn't go good over there to a new lake and, uh, don't go back. Well, uh, you got to go back. I mean, you just don't let it whoop you. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's not my, not my DNA as my daddy used to say. Well, that's, uh. I tell you what, I hadn't hadn't heard a fishing report lately. Are you uh, on the on the record with a heavy nope, heaviest catch nope, anywhere? Nope, nope, not. I hadn't went back over to the place over there that was fixing to close down. He went ahead and paid me for the last big fish that uh, went ahead and paid me for the yearly since uh, another guy's taking the lake over. So, oh uh, really? Yep. And uh, he uh, the new guy's taking it over. Uh, I don't know if he's going to allow too much of us. Uh, competition carp fisherman over there he's uh kind of opening the lake up to a family program of deal and uh i've seen on uh their facebook page i don't i hope he makes it that's all i can say for somebody you know 
Now, you told me out there in the lobby just now about another change that went on. Uh, was that this week at Cherokee Speedway? Well, it's been in the program, and uh, uh, we've talked to the guy, Tony Adair. And talked now, to him a lot. Talked to him a lot on here. And uh, now I hear that between him and his partner there, Scott Childers, that now it's just Tony Adair. Okay. You know, everybody knows that Scott went down and kind of purchased Livonia Speedway down in Georgia. And uh, I hear that he's... Uh, I think he's starting up his own construction business, and his plate's a little bit full, and he wanted to, so uh, he let Tony A. there kind of, I think, buy his third out of the program over there, and uh, or half of the program, whichever one it has to be, and uh, now Tony A. there has got the whole show over at Cherokee Speedway, and I'd like to see him kind of bring back uh, Limited Sportsman. But. And that would be... Uh possibly get the 25t back yep. on the track yep it would that's uh there's always a lot at the end of the tunnel i've always said you know sometimes you uh just hang on to what you got and it'll come back around and that dim figure at the end of the tunnel is mr wilson oh mr wilson him uh i got a little story about them too but <laughs> <laughs> i know he's listening and i told him i said oh y'all don't need to you know don't go back down there Okay, well, we'll find out about that at 11.40, I'm sorry, 10.40 when uh, we get uh, the local scene from Allen. Of course, at 10.20, coming up here in just a couple of minutes, we'll have Deb Williams, and Deb's been under the weather, and I uh, hope she's feeling better, but I think she's uh, well enough to be on the radio with us, so uh, we'll have her in just a few minutes. Had a lot of racing last week and a little bit of controversy up there at uh, – um, at a gateway in yeah. Illinois, the first time they'd run there, the cup cars. And, uh, um, I got roped into going to a 70th anniversary. Actually, it was very nice, but, uh, it, that was last Sunday up in Tryon. And so I didn't get to see any racing and what little bit I did see, I fast forwarded through it cause I, I just didn't have the time, uh, to absorb it like I should, but, um, well, the racetrack has got long straightaways and tight corners. It looked and, pretty and, full. I saw that. And, uh, you know, whenever you're back there and you got a fast car and you got to come to the front, uh, sometimes you don't check up enough in front, the guy in front of you. But Daddy always said, if you hit a man in the rear, he's in your way. <laughs> <laughs> and Ross, That's one way to look Ross, at it. Ross Chastain moved 11 up, and 11 went on up there and hit the wall, and he didn't appreciate it. And uh, they was kind of a... Uh, wants to let him come back out on the racetrack uh he uh That's i don't know why nascar didn't step in tell you the truth uh, well th there's mean, a story out there now that they're not even going to well uh and don't well and you heard after the race ross ross chastain he apologized he said i've got to be better than that way and uh but i mean he he did it twice not not only did he do it once but he done it to your man the nine <laughs> And, uh, did it knock him out of the race, too? It, no, it didn't knock him out of the race. It just kind of moved him, and he was kind of upset with that, too. But uh, they, uh, you know, I ain't going to say that's racing, but uh, that is racing. I mean, if you're scared, to, if you're, you got to rub them, move yeah. them sometimes. And uh, nobody, nobody said nothing about the Black Three whenever he done it. I mean. Uh, <laughs> oh, they said a lot about it. They just didn't do anything about it. <laughs> well. I think uh, I did hear a few comments. You know, uh. They, they would kind of settle it outside the race cars. And, uh, yeah. I, was, I was, you know, 
I thought NASCAR would step in, but NASCAR didn't step in because at one time they was going down the back straightaway, and I bet you they wouldn't run 50 mile an hour. And uh, one was trying to do this, and one was trying to do that, and one was jigging, and one was dodging. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, I tell you what, we'll uh, we'll get uh, Deb's Deb's opinion on Deb's that. Opinion on, opinion on that right after uh, we take our first break. So. Kind of a rocky start, but I think we've got it together now. Let's take it uh, our first break and come back and talk to Deb Williams. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Big selection. All great. Better deals. Come and get it at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway. No payment for 45 or even the first 90 days at Impex Pre-Owned. Come check out the best selection of pre-owned vehicles and test drive your next ride today. Ask about our first-time buyers program. Hurry on over to Impex Pre-Owned. 8989 Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs. We can get you driving no matter what. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555. And in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848.
Deb Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to Deb. Uh, good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning. Fine, thank you. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. And uh, we had sort of a rocky start to the show with some buttons getting pushed that didn't need to be pushed. And But we're, we're okay now. Um, kind of controversial racing last week out there at gateway a new track for the new car and uh i understand that nascar said they're not going to take any action but there was quite a bit of feather ruffling going on with uh dwight uh, with uh ross chastain yes that's very true and you know i thought it was very um manly of him to come on air after the race and say take full blame for it you know he said that he was over aggressive and it was he made mistakes and he was sorry for it and you know it takes quite a man to stand up and admit his own mistakes so i think that went a long way towards the reason nascar didn't take any action and he stood up and said you know i was in the wrong uh, i was over aggressive and of course chase elliott let him know and and went on and you know that's the way it's considered okay uh so to speak is if you make a point to that person that you didn't appreciate what was done and then you go on the, the thing was that uh denny hamlin made his point when he ran him down into the almost into the grass but then he continued uh, throughout the rest of the race, particularly when he was trying to prevent Chastain from getting up to the speed after he had his incident there with Chase. So I think that's where NASCAR would, would look at it and go, wait a minute now, you, you made your point once, you know, and you didn't, now it was even Steven, so to speak. Well, um, Alan's over here nodding his head and he, he was just saying that during the commercial break and, uh, he agrees with you completely. So, um, well, I, you know, I'm kind of surprised NASCAR didn't didn't sit them down after that. But you know, they uh, if they've got it straightened out, they've got it straightened out. Well, NAS- NASCAR prefers to let the drivers handle it. Right. NASCAR prefers not to step in. And you know, if it had, if they had felt that it warranted stepping in after the race, you know, if it had continued, if Chastain had gone back to Denny or something, and it had continued much like it did with Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt back in 1987, then they would have when they had the big meeting in in Daytona that was one of the scenes in uh, Days of Thunder. But, you know, when NASCAR stepped in that day during the race, Bodine and Earnhardt had been wrecking each other for two straight weekends at Charlotte. They started in the All-Star race, and they continued it in the Bush Series race on Saturday, and then they continued it in the 600 on Sunday. So, you know, this was not this was an entirely different situation, and NASCAR prefers the drivers handle it between themselves, but if it continues on and starts involving other drivers and their opportunity to win a race is, and that's when NASCAR is going to step in. Yeah. Alan, do you want to say something about uh, that? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with her. And like you was talking about, I didn't think NASCAR should do anything to Ross, but I thought they should talk to Denny. I mean, Denny was the one that was kept on, kept on throughout the whole race. And, uh, 
and he even come over the radio and said, "No, it's not over by a long way." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Well, then he gets on my bad side because he he fights his battles on Twitter, and that's to me that you just don't do that. That's just not the man way to do it. You go to and you talk to somebody face to face. You don't hide behind a Twitter account. There you go. Yep, I agree with that a hundred percent. So, uh, uh, I guess we'll see if it's over with. I imagine it is now because on a road course, you can. Uh, there's been a lot of hard feelings come out of Sonoma in the past. I know the in, infamous uh, Davy Allison, Ricky Rudd. Uh, what year was that? Uh, must have been about 1991 or three or something like that, Deb. It was well. It wasn't 93. It was when Griggs Publishing still owned scenes. So. I want to say it was in the early 90s. Yeah, it wasn't 93 because Bud Morris car won that one. And we actually have Donnie Wingo, the crew chief, uh, on a little bit later. Alan? Well, it's like Deb says, uh, nine times out of ten, whenever they put them up in trucks for the parade lap, it's going to be Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin in the same truck, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what karma does to you. <laughs> well, I wish they would do that. That would, that would be interesting. Uh, so, uh, what... Do we have looking forward to? I know Xfinity's off for a couple of weeks, and uh, but the trucks are out there at Sonoma. And I, that sort of surprised me. Well, it's been quite some time since the trucks have been at Sonoma, and I'm anxious to to see that race. I always enjoy seeing the trucks on a road course. But what's happened, and the reason I think they put them there, and I don't know if many people have noticed it, the truck season is regular season is ending much earlier this year than it has previously and because fox sports has the entire truck season what they did they heavily loaded the truck schedule on the front half of the schedule when fox has cup and xfinity as well and since this today is the last well this weekend is the last cup weekend for Fox, and then we switch to NBC, that has given Fox the bulk of the truck races in the first half of the season when they're there anyway to where they're not having to send an extra crew into the compound, TV compound, like they have in previous years. So the truck season, the truck series regular season actually ends at Pocono at the end of July. Yeah, and I remember you telling us that at the end of last year, one of the last shows, mm-hmm. if not the last show of the year, uh, uh, last season that Fox had uh, loaded the the trucks schedule early in the year, and I, I I figured it might have something to do with uh, with all their football coverage and everything, but that that was just a wild guess on my part. Well, it's just more financially feasible if you're going to have a crew there on the weekends to cover Xfinity and Cup to, ha- to have your trucks as well. And when, when it switched to NBC, then that means if you got a truck race, you're going to have to send a whole crew in there just for that one race. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like seeing the trucks on the road course too. So uh, I uh, look forward to that race, which is, uh, which is this afternoon. Now, our little point standings that we have uh, – Alan, you're a, got a commanding lead here. You got 26 points. Lanny and Deb have 17 each. I've got 16. Jada's got nine. Greg eight. And Ronnie, you need to do something. You need to put the kiss of death on uh, on somebody that uh, got a better chance this week. Uh, no kidding. Why Lanny, don't you go first? Well, 
I was just thinking maybe I ought to get extra points. <laughs> no. For jinxing somebody. No. No, no extra points no matter what you if, do. If my pick goes out of the race, I get a point. No. <laughs> that gonna happen you get like the first out is that what you're wanting yeah <laughs> no i'm commissioner and i'm overruling that but you would i'll give you the first pick well i'm gonna go back with chastain all right is any good on a road course we're gonna find out <laughs> okay. he's been good everywhere else all right ronnie i mean uh alan what do you think no nah, i'm gonna let you go ahead I'm oh, gonna, you just uh, put a nine down there you for because he is i mean uh chase is good on the road course yes he is who you want? Uh, now let's go, Deb. Deb. Oh, Deb, go ahead. I, I don't know what he's waiting on over there, but uh, Deb, who you picking? Well, you already took my first pick. I was going to force you to have to go somebody else today instead of the nine. Oh, um, sorry. I'm go with the. That's all right. Um, I'm going to go with the eighteen then. Okay, that's Kyle Bush, and uh, um, Lanny's already texted me in that he wants Blaney. All righty. And we'll get Greg's later. He stepped away. I think he might have gone down the hill to get our lottery tickets or something. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. um, I'm going to have to take last, uh, last time's winner there, Kyle Larson. Okay. Well, Kyle's good. Kyle's good every week. Well, Deb, uh, you sound a lot better this week. I only heard one little cough there, but you're uh, uh, hopefully coming around. What's the next race you're going to go to? Uh, Nashville. I'm actually going to go to Nashville. And, that's um, next week, right? No. Mm-mm, they're off next week. Oh, that's right. They're off. Day weekend. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Off next weekend. I, I was thinking but, of Xfinity because I know Jeremy uh, has two weeks off, the Xfinity. This is their first one. Then they got another one off, and then they go to Nashville where Nashville. he's actually won an ARCA race one time. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe he'll and, snap um, his bad luck streak. Well, what's going on news-wise? What's going on that we don't know about? Well, the first thing I want to go back to um, last week's races and look at A.J. Allmendinger. And when you look at how he performed at Portland and then came back and won the race, I mean, he wrecked on the first lap, came back and won that race, and then went to Worldwide Technology Raceway and finished in the top ten there. And he's running this weekend again, too, at Sonoma. So it'll be interesting to see how... Almondinger does at Sonoma, even though he's never had um, too good of a record there. But regarding the news, I think the big thing is Carson Hosevar. Yes. You know, I'm sure a lot of people saw his bad crash there on the last lap at Worldwide Technology, and he has since gone in and had surgery on that lower leg, ankle area, and... um, he will start the race today, but Daniel Suarez is standing by, and both of them practiced the truck yesterday. So uh, it's it's our understanding that uh, he may make a lap. I don't know when he's going to get out, but he may just start the race, make a lap, get out, and, and Daniel get, get in. But uh, Daniel Suarez will, will – um, be standing by to take over for Carson Hosevar today. Well, there's probably a right ankle. Yeah. There's probably not a better track to do that at than, uh, than any of the road courses. Uh, there's, there, there's road courses longer than, uh, uh, Sonoma, but he probably won't lose the lap. And then when they have a, somebody run off the track into the dirt, they, uh, he'd be able to get his lap back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a nasty little wreck. He got hit right, right. Pretty much right in the door, almost a T-bone job. Yeah, it was. It, it was very nasty, and um, 
you know, one thing they've done there at Sonoma, last year they included the carousel into the course, and, of course, they've taken the carousel out of the course this year, which has put back in a couple of passing zones and shortened the course back to a 1.9-mile course. So you should see harder racing on the course this year because they don't have that slow carousel that they have to go through. And as one person said yesterday, there will be a lot of hard feelings come out of the this weekend's race at Sonoma. Well, uh, Sonoma's been known, as I was saying earlier, with Rudd and uh, um, Davey. D- Davey Allison. You know, that's, that's not the first time. Ronnie? Well, Deb, is it NASCAR or the Sonoma people that decide whether or not to have the carousel included? It's the uh, the Sonoma people. It'd be Speedway Motorsports Incorporated. Which is Bruton Smith, right? Well, well his son. Marcus Smith. Yeah. Marcus. Yeah, FMI. So, you know, naturally, I'm sure they sat down and discussed it with NASCAR. Uh, you don't really make changes to a track without discussing it with NASCAR. So normally the procedure is that a track decides it wants to do something. It goes to NASCAR and says, this is what we would like to do. Do you have, what are your thoughts on this? Do you have a problem with this? And then that's the way it progresses from there. So they couldn't just up and change it without discussing it with NASCAR. That, that would not be very smart. You know, I like the different tracks that they're going to this year, but, uh, I mean, is the schedule going to remain as fluid as it is now with, uh, with, uh, maybe different tracks popping up every year or, uh, may they not go back to gateway? I thought it was a pretty good race. What, what little bit I got to see, I had a family duty I had to tend to, but, uh, you know, with, uh, they're going to go to road America and. You know they've they've done some drastic things to the schedule and and putting different tracks in there. Do you think uh, you think we'll see different tracks next year? That uh, the schedule hasn't come out yet for next year. I don't think. Oh no no no! It never comes out this early. It um, it comes out much earlier than it used to, but it never comes out this early. You know I would be shocked if the schedule did not include worldwide technology. And you're talking about Cup, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would be surprised because it was a sellout. Uh, everything I heard from the from people, the fans were extremely excited. They loved it, and I thought it was interesting to hear how different drivers and former drivers bought tickets and gave them away to friends or people in the St. Louis area. I know Kenny Wallace did that. Kenny Wallace bought like 100 tickets and gave them away to to people, Kenny Wallace fans. Yeah. And, you know, the way I found out about that is, uh, I believe it was, well, one of the MRN announcers went to the section that he was, I think it was Dave Moody, went to a um, section where he was assigned for the broadcast and started noticing that everybody in that section was wearing Kenny Wallace (laughs) t-shirts. And he found out that Kenny Wallace had bought like a hundred tickets and given them out to friends and family and all. And those were all the ticket, the block of tickets that Kenny Wallace had purchased to, to give away. So, you know, everybody seemed to really get into it. I've never been there, but, uh, I'd be shocked if, if that track wasn't on the schedule next year. Uh, Deb, this is Alan again. Uh, 
can you shed any light on what happened to Hendrix out there? I mean, Chase was the fastest car I think they had out there in the five, and they never did even get in the top ten. Mm, I haven't heard anything. Uh, you know, they may have just missed it. Missed um, it. Sometimes you do that, and, uh, you know, I was trying to think if any of their drivers – had ever driven there in a truck race. William Byron may have driven there in a truck race. Well, Deb, back when he was in the truck series. Deb, but I uh, haven't heard anything. Deb, before we let you go, uh, tell our listeners how we can uh, read your uh, writings and uh, and your website and your Twitter and all that. Whatever we need to keep up with Deb Williams, because you're a fabulous writer. Well, thank you. Um, actually, you can read my various stories on racingtoday.com and that's r-a-c-i-n-t-o-d-a-y.com we've got a lot of great writers on there that are covering indycar and sports car and drag racing so it's not just nascar that we have on that website and then uh my twitter handle is deb williams 72 so love to to hear from you on twitter um yeah i'm not really into social media but i'm i'm there and i will will respond back to you okay that's great did you by any chance mike hill i think was that thursday alan mike hill sent us uh sent alan and i a picture of the le mans cadillac for next year they unveiled it i guess that was thursday did you happen to see a picture of that that car no i have not i'll text it to you during the commercial if i remember uh it's gorgeous it's maybe the prettiest race car i've ever seen so uh it's the one that nascar is gonna uh be associated with it goes to le mans next week and of course le mans is today but it will be uh this cadillac will be in the 2023 edition and uh, i don't guess they've picked any drivers yet but uh man it's chase elliott oh is that right yeah oh okay well good so uh we will uh in fact um i'm secretly hoping that maybe they'll put a, a NASCAR charter flight together or something to where a lot of us can go over there because the 24 hours of Lamar has definitely been on my bucket list since I was a child. Well, great. Well, I'm going to, in fact, I, I'm going to send it to you just as soon as we hang up. Deb, you're great. We love having you on the show and uh, hope you continue to feel better and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. And one thing I want to mention that you sent me a, a email or text after we got off last week and that was that jimmy johnson did get indianapolis 500 rookie honors yeah we got so many listeners if we say something wrong it's because uh uh we thought it was uh accurate but we got people out there that'll straighten us out in a heartbeat and uh, i'm glad for that at least we know somebody's listening yeah i am too and i just hadn't heard you know it used to always be a big deal and it was everywhere and i just hadn't heard well you know it was on television uh i can't remember what it was on but it was on television uh at eight o'clock on monday after the 500 and i didn't i forgot about it so anyway deb we appreciate you coming on and uh we'll talk to you next week thank you it's always a pleasure all right good week yep thank you that's deb williams ronnie she's the smartest woman i know yeah, except she didn't know about Jimmy Johnson winning Rookie of the Year. Well, everybody has a little bit of information drop out. Well, that's true. And Lord knows I'm at the head of that pack. Let's take a break. We'll come back and hear what's happening uh, locally with Alan. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg.
Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to the game and your car radio sounds like this and you want it to sound like this There's the pass to Leitner Puts it up then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Said no one ever. I love waking up to cold cereal. Nothing satisfies like dry granola. No. Here we say good morning with sizzling sausage, biscuits baked to perfection, the enticing aroma wafting from your freshly prepared breakfast. So make your morning easy and mix and match a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, or hash browns. Any two for just $2. It's McDonald's easy on the go breakfast. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal. Single item at regular price. Valid when product served. Welcome back to Start Your Engines, and let's go to Allen Hill for the local scene. Allen, you got 
12 and a half minutes. All right. We're going to start off with Cherokee Speedway. We're going to start off with the mini late models. First place went to Dustin Bailey. Second went to Mike Green. Third went to Preston Beckham. In the Pro 4 division, first place went to Sparks Perry. Second went to Jacob Kinder. Third went to Chris Holmes. In the Thunder Bomber division, first place went to Luke Clements. Second went to David Carswell. And third went to Trevor Blue. Young Guns V8. Guy we had on here not too long ago, Bradley Whiteside. Mm-hmm. So he got it put back together and started winning again. Second went to Cole Daughtry, and third went to Grayson Sutton. In the Super Sportsman Division, first place went to Josh Hoots. Second went to Cade Langley. Third went to Cope Gilliam. In the 602-604 Charger Division, first place went to Will Bailey. Second went to Jeremy Fowler. Third went to Tanner Fortune. And now for the big main event, the sprint wing sprint cars were there. Uh, first place went to Jeff Oliver, second went to Brandon McLean, and third went to Steve Cernak. Okay, now moving over to Harris Speedway last weekend. Harris Speedway had the big Carolina Clash Super Late Models up there. Glad to see the Late Models come back to Harris Speedway. But we're going to start off with the Thunder Bombers. First place went to Stetson Todd, second went to Brandon Satterfield, third went to Logan Sparks. In the Young Guns Division, first place went to Caden Presnell, second went to Keeley Laws, Third went to Isaiah Lawrence. And the Pure Stock Division, first place went to Ray Hudson. Second went to Matt Spencer. Third went to Mikey Brock. In the Renegade Division, first place went to Blake Bentley. Second went to Phoenix Slaughter. Third went to Riley Robinette. Craig Sportsman Division, first place went to Jesse Wall. Second went to Cody Ursley. And third went to Jeff Smith. In the Front Wheel Drive Division, first place went to Donovan <laughs> Beecham. Third went to Kale Deese. And third went to Newman Presnell. Thunder Bomber Future Division. First place went to Terry C. Second went to Mason Mintz. Third went to Josh Mathis. And now for the big main event, the Carolina Clash Super Late Malls. First place went to Rambo Franklin. Second went to Anthony Sanders. Third went to Adam Yarborough. Fourth went to Gray Pardon. And third, fifth went to Mike Huey. Okay. Now we're going back to Friday night, which was last night. We're going to start off with uh, Travers Rest Speedway. I got just the first uh, race monitor went down sometime during the night. So uh, all I've got is first place for their divisions there. Thunder Bomber Division, first place went to Tyler Geis. And the MMSA, first place went to Harley Holden. Crate Sportsman, second, first went to Timmy Smith. Front Wheel Drive Division, first went to Tyler Caps. Renegade Stock 8, I mean, Street stock. First place, your man, Wally Fowler. I'm glad Wally's back out there. Well, he, uh, I think that, that little lightweight clutch kind of helped him get back <laughs> into the program. So, uh, you know, uh, like I said, a lot of people sitting up in the stands don't realize that sometimes these guys are handicapped and sometimes your track does the right thing and giving them back something to make them a little bit more competitive against the other cars. So, uh, glad to see Wally get back in the victory lane there. Me too. A Young Guns Division, first place went to Nick Norris. And Pure Stock Division, first place went to Jason Howard McGrew. Uh, Harris Speedway's got a big two-day event going on this weekend. They started off with last night. It's not the 24 hours of Harris again, is it? No, it's not the 24 <laughs> hours of Harris, period. <laughs> this is the SCDRA. That is the, uh, let me see, that is the com- subcompact cars, front-wheel drive, and... Uh, but they also had four other divisions there with them. They had their main events there last night. They had the Ford Outlaws. First place went to Josh Melton. Second went to Joel Melton. 
Third went to Nick Watson. In the many late models, first place went to Rick Goss. Second went to Brad Anderson. Third went to Michael Godfrey. In the Young Guns V8, first place went to Malachi Appling. Second went to Hannah Wall. Third went to Jacob Mathis. I run what you brung class. I like that division. I do too. First place went to Jeffrey Woods. Second went to Josh Ayers. Third went to Lance Kreisman. And uh, like I said tonight, up at uh, Harris Speedway, they're going to have the big uh, SCDRA race. That is the Sports Compact Dirt Racing Association. $5,000 to win mm, in that nice. division. A lot of cars up there. Also on hand, they got the 602 late models there. Craig Sportsman, Renegade Stock 8. Thunder Bombers, Pure Stock, Thunder Bomber Futures, Young Guns. Gates is going to open at Harris today at 4, p- 4 p.m. Driver's meeting is going to be at 6.30. Pits are $30 to get in. Stands are 15 Kids 12 and under are free. Also, uh, Cherokee Speedway is off tonight, so don't go to Cherokee Speedway, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> what happened uh, to Cherokee? They are having a Thursday night race. They're going to have the Lucas Oil late models there. This is the Gracie Smith Memorial Race. Going to pay $10,000 to win there. Also on hand is going to be the 602 late models, $1,500 to win. Uh, Thunder Bombers, $1,000. Pure Stocks, $1,000. Pits are going to open up Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Uh, gates are going to open up at 3 p.m. for the stands, and then hot laps will start at 7.15 and then racing will start at 7.30. Also, a uh, little bit of what I was talking about on uh, Eldora. Eldora, you know, Tony Stewart owns that racetrack. Right. Been 21 years since they paid a million dollars there. Uh, on Thursday night, it was a good show there. If you watched highlights of it, you can kind of bring it up. It's on Flow Racing. Uh, first place went to Jonathan Davenport. They call him Superman. Yeah. But right now, he's a rich man. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. And second place went to Chris Madden, which also paid $100,000 for second place. Uh, he didn't win a million to win it, did he? Yes. His la- share was a million dollars. Jonathan Davenport got a million $2,022. And the twenty. And two dollars so he'd know what year he won it. Two thousand on that big check it had one million, then it, where it says like two thousand yeah. and zero twenty two dollars. That way you can look at that check and see that it was in two thousand like I said, it's been uh twenty one years ago since the dirt race paid a um a million dollars and twenty one years ago Donnie Moran won it and he was talking about how it changed his life. But guess what? Like I said, Chris Madden runs second. But third was Devin Moran, which is Donnie Moran's son. Okay. Just think if he would have messed around. And, <laughs> well, at the last lap, whenever they come across the gut checker flag, they was all within about five car lengths of each other. It was a good race. It was a real good race. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, they had a caution with two laps left to go. Mm. And Davenport, and they do double file restarts. Madden done a slide job on Jonathan Davenport getting into the third turn, but Davenport crossed back up underneath yep. him. And then whenever he went down to the first turn, he kind of slowed up and stayed to the bottom of the racetrack to keep Chris Madden from getting a run on him again. But that give third place guy on the outside, Devin Moran, 
a run, and he almost beat Chris Madden for second place, which is a hundred thousand. It's only a hundred thousand. Only a hundred thousand. Yeah, but uh, fourth went to Tim McCready. Fifth went to Chris Ferguson. So if you look at Jonathan Davenport, Chris Madden, and Chris Ferguson, all three of them are kind of within a hundred miles of Spartanburg. So uh, a lot of good racing for our local drivers there to go out to this. And then, like I said, tonight. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, any of that involve uh, like a Barry Wright car or a Clements engine? Yes, they do. A bunch of them was out there doing that, but I don't think, uh, I think Johnson Davenport actually, I think he runs a Longhorn chassis. Which is Labani. Yep. And uh, if you've seen it, there was a hundred, like 130 cars show up out there I don't to make it. this qualifying deal. They were supposed to qualify out on Wednesday night, but it rained it out. They had to go to Thursday morning at 10 a.m., and everybody knows, like Bristol does on a day race, the track actually slows up. Mm. So uh, it was kind of a luck of a draw of how you went out to qualify. Yeah. But we were sitting there. I was, I was at, don't get me wrong, uh, I was sitting somewhere watching this where somebody had Flow TV watching qualifying, and Jonathan Davenport was got over into the B qualifying and was about uh, the 30th car to go out there, uh, he still qualified within two-tenths of what the guy, one of the first two or three guys that went out from main qualifying. And I looked at him and I said, ooh, that man's got a fast race car to go out there with the track this far off. You could see the track losing four-tenths to five-tenths hmm. from dirt. And uh, Davenport still qualified, and I said, well, it's whenever they go back and reprep that track this afternoon, you know, Tony Stewart's got all the stuff to go in there and just fine-tune that racetrack, yeah. sprinkles. He got a misting system on that track where you just don't pull water on it and watch it run down across the racetrack. And uh, the racetrack turned out. Matter of fact, when Jonathan Davenport got out of his car, and his uniform was still perfectly clean. Where mm. It didn't look like he was actually racing. And uh, But uh, also tonight, like I said there, tonight they're going to pay $125,000 again tonight. And uh, it's going to pay $5,028 just to start this main event on dirt. Mm. And uh, that's like, big money. That's real good big money on dirt racing. And But uh, I'm glad to see it coming to dirt racing. And uh, like I said, like you was talking about before, uh, these guys, you know, last year I was talking about Brandon Overton, 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 over and over and over. Okay. Well, this year, guess what? Johnson Superman Davenport. I don't know what he's actually done, but uh, it's a combination between that race car, motor, and driver that if you can get them three lined up together uh, and they get on that right combination, they get that feel in that seat, and they just hard to beat. I, and uh, Brandon Overton, just he almost missed the show in a way. Wow. And uh, sometimes you get off, and sometimes you just got to sit back and regroup and uh, – that's what Jonathan Davenport has done here lately. He's regrouped and he's paying off. Now, you uh, were telling us something else out there in the lobby, and we got about 45 seconds about some changes over at Cherokee Speedway. Yes. Uh, like I was telling you a little bit earlier, uh, before it was uh, Scott Childers and Tony Adair. They was in partners with each other, with each other and uh, Scott Childers has went down there and purchased Livonia Speedway. And he is trying his best to purchase Anderson Speedway. But uh, everybody said at one time that he'd got to deal with Anderson. But uh, there's a little 
saw, I think, in the contract where the lady that actually owned the racetrack was wanting it to stay asphalt. Yeah. Uh, Scott Childress, he's a dirt man. He said, if I get it, it's, I'm plying it up. They're going to they gonna come in there. So uh, something hold up about the deal of getting Anderson. He's not got Anderson, but he's actually got Livonia uh, plus two. He's got some other things going on in his life, and uh, he's starting up a new business from what I hear, and that's uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thank you, Alan. We're going to take a break, come back with Donnie Wingo. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. This is the place to be. Listen to Spartanburg Vikings football right here. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG Spartanburg. We are And here's what you need to know. In game four of the NBA Finals Friday night, Steph Curry knocked down seven three-pointers on his way to 43 points in the Golden State Warriors' 107-97 victory at Boston, tying the finals at two victories apiece. In Major League Baseball on Friday night, Darren Ruff of the San Francisco Giants hit two home runs at a 7-2 victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers. Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres struck out eight in six innings in their 9-0 victory over the Colorado Rockies. Musgrove is 7-0. He now leads the majors with a 1.50 earned run average. The Philadelphia Phillies defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 7-5. The Phillies on an eight-game winning streak, 7-0 under interim manager Rob Thompson. The Boston Red Sox, 4-3 victors at Seattle. The Red Sox have won eight of their last nine games. I'm Isaac Lowenkron. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey, this is Ryan Cleary. Join Anthony Greer, Alex Smith, and myself weekday afternoons for Open Mic, Spartanburg's longest-running radio show. Whether it's high school athletics, Carolina or Clemson, USC Upstate, the Braves, we've got opinions and we want to hear from you. Open Mic, 3 until 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, and of course the Fox Sports 1400 app. At Janney, your goals are our priority. When you work with Janney, it's about going beyond investing. It's about connecting your life and finances. When it comes to managing your wealth, you probably have plenty of questions and more than a little uncertainty. What you need is a plan built to connect your goals to your wealth. Financial advisor Trent Lancaster is here for you. Trent can build a tailored financial plan and make recommendations that are aligned with your best interests based on your unique needs, goals, and preferences. Conveniently located in the Spartanburg office, Trent can discuss how he can help you connect your life and finances. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555. And in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. The Hub City Farmer's Market is back. They will be open from 11 to 2 on March 19th for their final winter market, and then they'll be open every Saturday from 8 to noon beginning April 2nd. The Hub City Farmer's Market features the freshest local produce, meat, and dairy products, as well as artisan crafts and bath and body products from local vendors. Every Saturday will feature live music as well as activities for the kids. Remember to shop local with the Hub City Farmer's Market, presented by Spartanburg Regional, located at 498 Howard Street, Open every Saturday beginning April 2nd. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM 3 studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. <laughs> Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it's my pleasure to introduce a native of Spartanburg, South Carolina, and one of our favorite crew chiefs, if not the favorite crew chief, Donnie Wingo. Good morning, Donnie. Donnie, you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Uh, okay. Good morning, and uh, welcome to Start Your Engines. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Donnie, can't thank you enough for being on. And, uh, you know, this weekend means a bunch, uh, especially with all the years you spent with uh, with Bud Moore Engineering. And uh, it being Sonoma, I couldn't think of anybody kind of to, to talk about it. Plus, you had successes even after, you know, you, you, you worked for Bud and everything. But, uh Kind of the start off that deal, how, you know, we, we had a lot of things going on and build a new car and th- this give us your kind of scoop on that deal. We worked on it real hard for a few months just to concentrate on that race. But but uh, tell us kind of what happened on that deal. I, I remember most of it. I know it, would all, it was all good. Yeah, it, it was one of those deals to where, you know, uh, we, were, we were running Laughlin cars at the time, so we had built another drop snout car for a road course car to run Sonoma and run the road courses. And, uh, Jeff had come in one day, uh, a couple of weeks before 
before Sonoma and said that he had run a you know a rear sway bar in the past at some in, in some of his modified races. So he came in and we kind of looked at it and looked to see how we could mount it and called over at Laughlin's and got Jackie to bend me up a couple bars, a couple chrome molly bars, a couple different sizes. And, uh, we got machinist there, old Jimmy Cochran. He uh, machined us up some brackets and uh, figured out how to mount it on there, made it where we could adjust it, make it softer or stiffer, and uh, kind of went with the softest softest option because, you know, to try to save the tires. And, and, and it really helped a lot in the race, especially down to the S's. If you watch the race back, that's where our car was really good is, it would really change directions good down through the S's and we could kind of pull away and that would give us a little bit of gap going into turn 11 where there's usually a lot of action and then enable us to, you know, propel off turn 11, get a good run and stay ahead pretty much most of the day when we led. I think we led 30, 30 laps that day. Maybe one car led a few laps more, but it was a good day for us. Yeah, that was 1993 and it was actually Bud Moore's last win. But you, uh, actually you were in on, I guess if you count the clash, uh, you were the crew chief on Bud Moore's last four victories. Uh, that that's uh, to that's me right. that's something. It is something. Yes, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty special for me. You know, like I told I told Greg in the past, it's probably it ain't probably it is the probably the best place I've ever worked. You know, a great group of people. We always had good people, and uh, everybody got along good. We had a good time. You know, we had our ups and downs and some with the drivers, this or that, but we always seemed to work through it. And, you know, we were always pretty successful most of the time that I was there, and I was really, really proud of that. Well, I mean, you were you, – every race you went to, uh, you know, back with that Motocraft Ford Thunderbird, y'all uh, y'all were as likely to win the race as anybody there. And I, that was a proud time for for me being a huge Budmore fan and, and for uh, and for Spartanburg Auto Racing. I, I'm a big, big – uh uh, believer in, in all our, our great history here and, and you're a big part of it for sure I mean it was like I said I I was very fortunate you know while I was there you know Bud would come in a lot of mornings and I get to go eat breakfast with him and that was probably some of the some of the most interesting times of my life I was able to eat with Pearson and Cotton and Jack Smith you know we'd go up to McDowell's or somewhere and eat breakfast in the mornings and I learned a lot about what went on in the sport, you know, way before my time. Well, it must have carried over because you kept winning. Um, cause I, well, and I didn't even mention Morgan Shepard. That was that was early on in your crew chief uh, career when uh, y'all won Atlanta with uh, the motorcraft car. Yeah, it, it was. Like I said, I had a lot of good teachers. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, Bud was he was on top of it on every aspect of it, from the chassis to the setup. You know, that that was probably one of my biggest learning experiences there with Ken Myler and all the guys there. Like I said, I mentioned Jimmy Cochran, machine is probably one of the best machinists I've ever I've ever been involved with. I mean he there was nothing that Jimmy couldn't make and he taught me a lot about machining and Raymond Kelly, who's, you know, passed and gone on, you know, he taught me how to weld, you know, Healy Ark and a lot of stuff like that. So that was probably one of the biggest learning experiences that helped me get you know a good successful career for a long time yeah i tell you donnie you you come you come along already with with, with a lot of those skills uh right out of the box and if i'm not mistaken uh you were like our car chief however you know to talk about different things crew chiefs chiefs mechanics and stuff but donnie was actually doing most work on the car for several years for that but we did have one guy that that, that left for some more money 
and uh, the driver made said we need to put Donnie up there, and, and uh, it, it worked out pretty. I, I don't know how the ex employee done. He done pretty good, but Donnie really stepped in there and and, and got Brett running pretty good, and uh, Donnie worked on real hard on the road cars and everything else. I can't remember exactly when he come to work, but Donnie had a big old toolbox, no more by turning wrenches than most other people back here. It's a whole lot better than me, but uh, it was a lot of successes and. I was tickled to death that, you know, when we, we, we did come up against her demise with the multi-car teams and us being a little antiquated stuff, that, that Donnie got scooped right up and just kept right on went. Yeah, I, I spent 11 years there, and like I said, it's probably, it was the best 11 years of my racing career. I, I want to bring up one thing. Um, my wife's Colombian, and you uh, – <laughs> You went back out to Sonoma. Listen, you're already laughing. You uh, yeah. you went back out to Sonoma with um, Juan Pablo Montoya and won again. So uh, how was it working with him? Was there any kind of communication? Because he's a heck of a driver. I mean, he won Indy. He won in stock cars. And, uh, you know, he's he's dabbling around with the IMSA right now. Uh, how was it working with with Montoya? Oh, I enjoyed it. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a fireball. I mean, he's. You know, he's wide open, you know, he's high strong, but uh he was a very, very talented race car driver. I mean that was that weekend there it was kinda it was kinda one of those up and down weekends where we, we started off and we wasn't that good in practice. We didn't really qualify that good and you know, he you know, we expected to go out there and, and win the race because, I mean he's a very talented road sports driver that came from F one, won a lot of races, you know, so it was one of those deals where we had to, you know, back up a lot, you know, work on the setup a lot, and, and basically we kind of laid a strategy out. It it, it kind of was the same way we did when we won with Jeff, is just, you know, make it a three-stop or two-stop race, and uh, one passed a lot of cars early in the race, which enabled us to get a little bit better track position. The cost it fell right, right after we had pitted and stuff, it was able to get us some track position, and at the end of the race, it basically come down to fuel mileage, and he was very, very good at, you know, saving fuel. And I think we were running second with only a few laps to go and, and pretty much ran Jamie out of gas, Jamie McMurray, you know, and uh, were able to come around, still do the burnout, didn't run out of gas. He did a really good job of saving gas and got us a win that day. Yeah. i tell you what. So you were with Ganassi for several years there. I was from uh, 2003 to 2008. And got another big win with uh, Jamie McMurray at Talladega. Yeah, that was it. That was at Roush after we went. Oh, to was Roush. it? It was. It was. Yeah, I, I I was with Jamie from '03 to the end of '05, and then stayed at Ganassi. Had uh, worked with uh, Casey Mears, Reed Sorensen, and Juan, and uh, then went to Roush with Jamie, and we were able to, you know, is is another one of those. Kind of a saving fuel again at Talladega and, and, and position ourselves to get out front to be you know out front toward the end of the race and Jamie did a good job of bringing it home that day also. Yeah, I tell you, Donnie, Donnie was really good on strategy, and uh, he just the stuff like the getting out of sync and the pit stops and all that. And plus, Donnie was the crew chief on a championship winning. Actually, should have been two. We kind of got messed up out of one of them. We think was would have said might have had a loose lug nut, but uh, super good pit crew that Donnie headed up. Some great guys. Uh, like I said, they used to. I think they called us at one time like the over the wall, over the hill gang or something. That was it. There you go. <laughs> but, 
and now you're talking about when you won the pit crew championship at at, Tal- at uh, Rockingham, right? Rockingham. Yeah, yeah, that's but, it. But they'd kind of been calling us that anyway because we'd been be- beating them before. But uh, yeah, those those were just some great times, and uh, Donnie just just done a, a a wonderful job, and he's made things real easy on me. Like all I had to worry about was tending to my engine guy. And uh, he was real good. When, <laughs> when, when, in that, when in that pit crew race at uh, Rockingham was probably the uh, the happiest I'd ever seen Bud Moore the whole time I was there. I never <laughs> seen him, he did I was get thrilled to win something. He really wanted to win that thing bad. And, and when we won that thing, you know, he's real emotional. And that, that, that meant a lot. And yeah. you, you remember the next, tri- the next deal we done, the very next year we had our own record beat, and it would have won. Yeah. And they made kind of a borderline call, but I, I think they sort of didn't want the overhill gang to beat the young guys two years in a row. So they, anyway, but those are some good racing times, Donnie. And I tell you what, was you just done yeah, everything. I'm, everybody, I'm everybody you went to, you know, those job. guys. Yeah. Most of those guys, you know, I talk to on a weekly basis, you know, Harold and Phil and Charlie and Billy and all those guys, you know, they're all, you know, they're all getting on up there in age. But you know, we we lost one here not long ago, Ray Harris. That's, you know, I hated to hear that. And uh, you know, I think Danny's still around. I think Danny teaches, does something still there in Spartanburg. But uh, great group of people we had on that pit crew. Uh, Donnie, how did you get started? I mean, I, I I guess it was easy. I was in Spartanburg too, and I dropped the ball and never got involved in racing. Now I just write and talk about it but how did you get involved in racing and uh and uh, what was your beginnings here in spartanburg where you you could have started in a lot of different shops yeah i mean i uh early on i mean i was probably i think i was nine or ten and my dad was you know he was into going to races a lot they took me to uh i went to greville pickens at columbia speedway in 1969 and at an early age, I kind of got hooked on it. So I started doing a little dirt racing. And then really the only one there besides Bud Moore was uh, James Hilton. So I just happened, Johnny Davis was there at the time. He was the only employee James had. I just drove up one night and walked in the shop and said, you know, I'm interested in working on race cars. And uh, Johnny told me, he said, we can't pay you nothing, but you're welcome to come in and learn. So that's how I started. I went that whole year. I think that was in 81 or 82. And uh, I went the whole year with James, changed tires, became a tire changer, and went worked at night, still going to school, working a job during the day. I was working community cash, driving a truck. Wow. And I, I kind of just, I was still going, I was going to Spartanburg Methodist College and, uh, Went that whole year doing that. Went to races on the weekend with uh, Don Ravan and uh, Ed. Yeah, Ed was Jack Man. Don was one of the, the other tire changers. And uh, that, that's how kind of how it all started. Then uh, the following year, I went to a, uh, Mike Connors and David Bibbins had been helping James before Johnny came there. And uh, they went to work for Jimmy Means when Jimmy moved from Huntsville to Forest City. And then uh, the following year, James was kind of slowing down a little bit and wasn't racing. You know, they, a lot of different drivers, things coming in. And uh, they had, those two had called me and see if I'd come up there and help those. So I started working at uh, Jimmy's and I went again a, a full year of just working part time. And then I went full time for Jimmy the next year. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's great. And uh, you went to uh, Spartanburg Methodist College and the University of Hilton. That's it. <laughs> nothing, nothing any better. That sounds good. <laughs> said Johnny Davis is a you know he's a Xfinity car owner now, and you know we still talk occasionally. Uh, we still stay in touch. And, you know that's kind of how it all got started. You know Johnny gave me the opportunity to come help James, and James was all for it. They needed all the volunteer help they could get, and and again that was truly a great learning experience because James, you know, he had done everything himself and built the engines there. I learned a lot about that. Learned a lot about the chassis and putting bolt suspension on and and things like that. And the same way with Jimmy. Jimmy was a very good teacher. Jimmy was a good fabricator. He taught me a lot about fabricating building engines and you know just every aspect of it you know my my whole career couldn't have been any better from a learning experience the way i progressed from james to jimmy to bud and then you know i was fortunate you know to get a job here where i'm at up in north carolina working with travis carter who was another super good guy super smart guy and taught me a lot and the strategy side of it travis was really good at the strategy side of it because you know he was kind of helping but he was behind that you know, the strategy we ran at, at Sonoma when we won with Jeff. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was very fortunate to have a lot of good teachers early on in my career. Yeah. I'll tell you how good Donnie was. Uh, you know, we, we, we kind of had heard in advance, and I know Donnie remembers this, that Ford was probably going to let us go, or at least on a full-time basis, they was going to let us go. And uh, so Donnie had this, this great opportunity in uh, – like he said, he said, now, if I don't like it, I can come back. And I said, you always come back. <laughs> but but Donnie actually had it set up where Jimmy come in and replaced. In other words, he didn't leave us hanging out. You know, we right. had Jimmy, Jimmy come right in when we were a crew chief and still had his car. But he could come in and, and call the shots and talk on the radio. And so so Donnie, even, even when he left for uh, – greener pastures and better opportunities and everything uh he he still thought about us and had us a good crew chief sitting there to replace him donnie i, I can't let you go without um asking you about uh the wood brothers and that amazing uh daytona 500 that y'all won with uh trevor bain uh that had to be a heck of a thrill oh it was it was you know, those, you know, me and, you know, like Greg knows, I mean, back even when I worked there, we were all good friends, Eddie and Lynn. Leonard and Glenn for, you know, 20, 20, 25 years, 30 years, I'd known those guys. And and Eddie had been trying to get me to come to work over there for a while. And, uh, you know, I, I said, I don't want to work for my friends. You know, I don't want to work with my friends like that. Because you know how things, that, things like that go. And finally the opportunity came about, and I did. And, uh, yeah, Trevor came on. We ran that one race the year before. I think that was in 2010 with him at uh, Texas. And he did really good. So, you know, we put him on. We were running a part-time schedule then. We built us a new car. You know, we had the – we were getting support from Roush at the time. And, and, you know, we cut our team down smaller and we got the cars from Roush and we basically bolted them together at engineering support from Roush. And, uh, but our guys did all the body work on the car and it was a super slick, fast car. And, uh, Went down there, qualified third, so that that put us in the show since we were a part time team and didn't didn't have any points and uh, and then it just kind of progressed from there. We had gotten a wreck in the qualifying race and uh, we basically fixed it. You know, we basically put a whole front end, fenders, side, 
and the car, you know, in the race, Trevor did a super job. And again, it boiled down to, you know, you had to keep yourself out front. And uh, I think that day we only put uh, left side tires on one time the whole race. That was uh, four that, tires one time. That was the race when the cars were running around like two two. Was, you had to find a partner, it and it seemed like y'all's was uh, Jeff yeah. Gordon. It was, it was, and then we kind of got separated. Jeff had trouble, and. And it was basically David Reagan was going to win the race probably that day because we were pushing him at the time. And then he made a mistake on the restart yep. and came down before the start-finish line at Black Flag, which put us out front. Yep. And we got a big push from Bobby Labonte there at the end of the race. So, you know, it came down to, I think it was a green-white checkered, and Bobby gave us a great push and pushed us out. Trevor did a good job. Our spotter, Chip Ross, did a super good job of blocking from behind, coming down the final straightaway there and you know it was a big day big win for the wood brothers and, and, and it was it was a great feeling for all of us real quickly you know, what are like you on a 500 yeah exactly real, real quickly what are you doing now i i, I kind of i got out of racing you know a couple it's been a couple years ago now and and now i kim kind of pretty much booted me out of booted me out of the house i couldn't stay at home no longer so <laughs> <laughs> she said you're gonna have to get out and go back to work but uh I'm working. I'm building. I'm helping a company build a mobile medical units, and I, you know, it's it's been a great experience, you know, and and we're we're doing things that helps the communities, and we actually have one down in Spartanburg. Oh, wow! So we we just delivered one there, not uh, probably a month ago or so, and uh, so yeah, I I, I I can't sit around. I have to work. That's all I've done my whole life. So uh, working with a great company and again a great group of people. I went to work there about a year and a half, two years ago, and I was the ninth person hired. Now we're up to like 40 people. So business is good in the, the mobile medical business. Well, we like to have our guests on for about 20 minutes, and you can tell when it's a, a great guest when we, uh, we're we coming up on 25. So, Donnie, it's a, <laughs> it's a great, great uh, story. I, I love talking to you and having you on the show, and uh, real proud of you being from Spartanburg. Like I said, we uh, – we talk about Spartanburg as much as we can with our, our great racing history and you're part of it. And just thank you so much for all you've done with Bud Moore and, and get getting Greg to get you on the show was a, was a, a great catch. And, um, we just appreciate everything. Yes, sir. I appreciate all you people. I still have all my family lives in Spartanburg, you know, so, uh, I visit regularly, you know, my mom and all still live there. Kim's mom still lives there. So, all the family still in Spartanburg, great place to live. Well, when you get down here, give Greg a call, and we'll we'll take you to the Beacon or restaurant of your choice. That's my favorite place. <laughs> I go to Spartanburg. I, I eat at the Beacon. I haven't been there since yesterday at noon. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Donnie. We really appreciate right. you coming on. Thank yes, you. Y'all take care. Thank uh, y'all. All right. All right. Great interview, Greg. Good oh. man. Good man. Oh, all the way around he is. I mean, is this? He's a guy that, that can turn wrenches. He listens. He's competitive. He's just good he, interview. Just, just in, in a good interviewer. I mean, he it's like he, I've heard. I meant to say this while I was on the air, but Daryl Walter made a statement a couple of times. Said that Donnie Wingo has, without a doubt, be one of the most underrated crew chiefs. Well, that's what Mike Hill told me yesterday. Yeah, and uh, that was that's been said several times. All I, right, we got to take a break. We are behind, as I guy. said, but that's only because. Uh, Greg got us another great interview. Let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, take it to the finish with uh, 
some uh, local results from what went on last week. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Big selection. All great. Better deals. Come and get it at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway. No payment for 45 or even the first 90 days at Impex Pre-Owned. Come check out the best selection of pre-owned vehicles and test drive your next ride today. Ask about our first-time buyers program. Hurry on over to Impex Pre-Owned. 8989 Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs. We can get you driving no matter what. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. There's something special happening year-round in the city of Spartanburg, including a variety of seasonal events and festivals. Downtown Spartanburg offers several great options for retail shopping, as well as a great selection of restaurants and bars where you can have the fish and chips at Delaney's Irish Pub, you can try something off the new menu at RJ Rockers, or even catch a game with friends at Main Street Pub. If you're looking for something family-friendly, check out the Music Trail or the Sparkle City Mini Putt, which is always free to play. For more information on upcoming events, check out the city's Facebook page. The City of Spartanburg, always doing. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And uh, we'll have a short segment here to get back on schedule. Let's take a look at the Enjoy Illinois 300, which was run last week. And uh, I think Joey Logano probably enjoyed Illinois more than anybody. I don't. Nobody picked him, did they? No, they didn't. I don't think so. Oh, we we need to get Greg's pick when he wanders back in here. But uh, Joey Logano was the winner. 
Kyle Busch was second. Kurt Busch was third. And um, I actually thought Kurt was going to pull that thing out. He was strong at the finish. Yes, he was. He was him and his brother both. Yep. Ryan Blaney was fourth. Eric Almarola in his final year had a good run for fifth. Martin Truex was sixth. Eric Jones is having a pretty good race every week. Should have probably won Talladega a few weeks ago, but it, it didn't happen. Uh, he was seventh. Eighth was Ross Chastain, Ross Chastain, who was the subject of a little bit of controversy with his driving, which he admitted was a little over-aggressive. But I tell you what, I'd like to have him on my team. He's a, he's, his aggression uh, might have gotten out of hand. Maybe it didn't, but he's, uh, he's winning races, and uh, he's got that uh, Trackhouse racing team rolling with the Moose fraternity car. I don't know if he's going to be with the Moose this week or not. Ninth was Christopher Bell and 10th. Never having seen the track or taken a single practice lap was A.J. Allmendinger because he had just won the Xfinity race in Portland in the rain the day before. Uh, flew out of Portland, got to St. Louis, and uh, finished 10th in a race uh, that he had never even seen the track. So that, that's quite an accomplishment, and he's a good driver. Said he flew out of Portland, and he actually had a trophy sitting with him. On the plane? On the plane. Everybody <laughs> was laughing about it. <laughs> well, I probably handed out a few autographs and uh, postcards while he was doing it. Uh, okay, the point standings, the playoff standings after this race. And now we've got four people with two wins each, and they are in order. Ross Chastain is first. Joey Logano is second. William Byron third. And Denny Hamlin is fourth. Now, the rest of these next guys, uh, five through 11, have only one win, which I feel pretty sure is going to be safe to get you in the playoffs. Chase Elliott's fifth. Kyle Busch is sixth. Kyle Larson, seventh. Alex Bowman is eighth. Chase Briscoe, ninth. Kurt Busch is tenth. And Austin Sendrick is 11th. He won the Daytona 500. The following drivers haven't won a race, so this is on their stage points that they've uh, acquired. 12th is Ryan Blaney, 13th Martin Truex, 14th Christopher Bell, 15th Eric Almarola, and 16th is Tyler Reddick. On the outside looking in with a with a decent chance to make it and is uh, uh, Daniel Suarez, which I think he's going to win a race this year, and uh, Austin Dillon and Eric Jones and Chase Briscoe had a chance to win a few weeks ago. They could easily slip into that top 16 and make the playoffs. Going over to Xfin. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, the next race, of course, is tomorrow. Uh, that's at Sonoma. The Toyota Save Mart 350, and that's at 4 p.m. on Fox. And after this week, we won't have Fox anymore. It'll be all NBC and USA Network. That's what their backup is. Uh, be using them a lot coming up for the rest of the year. The Xfinity race. Uh, as I just mentioned, was it Portland, Oregon, and A.J. Allmendinger won it. Ty Gibbs was second. Noah Craggs in third. Josh Berry fourth. Uh, uh, Justin Allgaier fifth. Brandon Jones sixth. And, uh, yeah, actually what I'm doing here, I'm reading the standings. I didn't, like a dope, I didn't print out the the uh, finished lineup. Uh, but A.J. Allmendinger did win last week. But those are the that's the standings. Almondinger, Gibbs, Cragson, Barry, Allgaier, sixth is Brandon Jones, seventh, Sam Mayer, eighth, Austin Hill, ninth, Daniel Hemrick, and tenth, Landon Castle. 
Jeremy Clemens dropped two spots down to tenth place, um, twentieth place. He's gonna have to win a race. He's um, he's twenty points behind Alex LeBay, who's run two less races than Jeremy. So that tells you how how bad Jeremy's doing. Jeremy's um, forty nine points behind Miat Snyder, and he's seventy four points behind Sheldon uh, behind uh, yeah Brandon Brown. So uh, I'm sorry, Sheldon Creed. I had it right the first time. Did you watch the race? Did you see the mess Jeremy got involved in? Yes, I did. Hey, I mean, he wasn't touched. It looked like he just got off in the grass and it was raining. And when you hit that wet grass, you're gone. He slid back into the middle of the track, facing the traffic. And um, a bunch of people missed him, but one guy didn't. Well, that's uh, the way it is out there. And uh, everybody knows Portland's a lot of rain. And them boys is having a race in the rain. Did you see all the deals with the first turn down there? Oh, yeah. A uh, bunch of them messed up there, but I think it was just better just run off there and just stop right fast and didn't pick up and go. Yeah. So, the, uh, when I was in the Secret Service, I went to Portland a bunch and uh, Seattle. I never saw the sun anytime I was up in the in the Northwest. It's just, uh, it's uh, to me, it was a rare occurrence. In fact, it was a never occurrence. I never saw the sun up there. The truck series. Oh, let me back up again. I don't know why I keep doing this. But the uh, Xfinity, will they're off this week. They're off next week. And their next race will be on June 25th at Nashville on the big uh, concrete track for the Tennessee Lottery 250. And that will be at 3.30 on USA. So get used to USA if you've got uh, Charter. It's Channel 30, I believe. The trucks run tomorrow. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They run today. Uh, uh, late today. That's a 7.30 start out there on FS1, so it's a, um, it's a 7.30 start for us. It's 3.30 in Sonoma. The point standings for the trucks, and that will be, the by the way, the DoorDash 250, 3.30 this evening on uh, FS1. Point standings, Ben Rhodes is first, Chandler Smith is second, Zane Smith is third, John Hughes, uh, Hunter Nemechek is fourth, Stuart Friesen fifth, Christian Eck is sixth. Ty Majeski seventh. Carson Hostavar, who um, is injured, had an ankle surgery for his crack up there on the last lap at Gateway when he got T-boned. We'll uh, have Daniel Suarez standing by for him to get in uh, at the first pit stop, which I, according to Deb, he's probably only going to run, run one lap, and he won't lose too much. He'll lose a bunch of time, but he won't lose a lap because uh, – gateway on, on a road course this is the best place to do something like this um where was that grant Enfinger is 10th so once again they will run this evening arca runs today and they will um be in iowa if i'm not mistaken and that's uh in the calypso lemonade 150 their point standings is uh i mean it's uh really shows a lot of diversity with Rajah Karuth is uh, leading that point standings by five points, and he is an African-American. He's got a five-point lead over Nick Sanchez, who is obviously Latin American. Daniel Dye is third. Fourth is Tony Breitinger, and fifth is Amber Balcon. And, of course, they're both ladies. So, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't have much more diversity in the first five than they, they're having in ARCA. Sixth is Greg Van Alt. Seventh, Zachary Trink, Tinkle. Eighth, Corey Heim. Ninth, Brad Smith. And tenth is Ryan Huff. 
Um, Indy cars, the results from Belle Isle. Uh, Will Power was the winner there, and he got the privilege of jumping in the fountain for the last time because Penske, after he said uh, he's pumped $20 million or so into that Belle Isle and just to fix up the whole island, uh, not just the race course, but um, he feels like it's time to move it to downtown Detroit, so that's what he's doing. So the last race at Belle Isle for the Indy cars was last Sunday. Will Power won it. Alexander Rossi was second. Scott Dixon, third. Joseph Newgarten, fourth. Pato O'Ward was fifth. Alex Pelot, sixth. Marcus Erickson, your Indy 500 winner, was seventh. Colton Herta was eighth. Simon Pagino, ninth. And Felix Rosenquist was tenth. The uh, point standings for the Indy cars. Will Power is the point leader. Marcus Erickson is second. Pato O'Ward is third. Alex Pillow fourth. Joseph Newgarden fifth. Scott Dixon sixth. Alexander Rossi seventh. Simon Pagano eighth. Felix Rosenquist ninth. And Scott McLaughlin tenth. Let's take a break. Our last one. Come back and uh, wrap this thing up. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Low prices, big selection, quality customer service. That's Nissan of Greer. Get big savings on over 300 new Nissans. Shop our large selection of used vehicles, including Nissan certified pre-owned. Plus, we're the place for commercial fleets, for expert service. And if you need credit, come and get it. Ask about military, college grad, and mobility assist savings too. Hurry to Nissan of Greer today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASE certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Tracing roots to 1832, Jenny is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Said no one ever. I love waking up to cold cereal. Nothing satisfies like dry granola. No. Here we say good morning with sizzling sausage, biscuits baked to perfection, the enticing aroma wafting from your freshly prepared breakfast. So make your morning easy and mix and match a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, or hash browns. Any two for just $2. It's McDonald's easy on the go breakfast. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal, single item at regular price. Value when product served. Amateur boxing is back in Spartanburg as the 2022 South Carolina Golden Gloves Championship returns to Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium June 17th and 18th. Come out and see the best amateur boxer South Carolina has to offer as they battle for the Golden Gloves State Championship. Doors open at 6 p.m. on Friday, June 17th with fights beginning at 7. Doors open on Saturday at 5 with fights beginning at 6 p.m. For more information or purchase tickets, visit scgoldengloves.com. Tickets can also be purchased at Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium box office or at crowdpleaser.com. The 2022 South Carolina Golden Gloves Championship June 17th and 18th at Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium. Ronnie, you know, Tyler just mentioned something happening in Spartanburg that I think is going to be very interesting and wouldn't mind seeing. I wouldn't mind seeing that either. The South Carolina Golden Gloves Championship. Yep, that would probably be a, a fun evening. Speaking of Tyler and fun evenings <laughs> he uh of course sat in for the morning boys uh, they were on location out there at uh one of those golf courses for the M- uh bmw pro-am tyler's getting married at three o'clock he sure is and uh i tell you what tyler's been a big help for this show we he's our go-to guy when a, and, a button didn't get pushed or whatever and has always figured it out and when we ask him need to either text or call him to ask him something He's never failed to answer us. No, and I remember that one time I something was going wrong and we were it was counting down to the top of the hour and the hard break and I could see the cursor moving all over the <laughs> screen over here and he was doing that remotely from Union but Tyler's a great guy. Uh, well, what a help he was at Darlington with us and setting oh, all that stuff up. So uh congratulations to Tyler and his bride Kelly and at three hey, o'clock in Union. Kelly. Pardon me? Give Kelly my condolences. <laughs> And uh, they're going to be, uh, I think they're going up to Dollywood or someplace for a... Uh, oh, that'd be a fun trip. Yeah, he was talking about it on his show yesterday morning. So, uh, And by the way, if you don't know it, I do a show. Uh, I got like 10 or 15 minutes with uh, Tyler every Monday morning recapping NASCAR. And I throw a little indie in there, but it's mostly about Jeremy and uh, Xfinity and the Cup. And uh, But I'm going to do it with Alex Smith this week. So uh, Alex yeah. is sitting in while... Uh, Alex, uh, while uh, Tyler Tyler gets his nuptials officiated and goes on his honeymoon. And good uh, luck to well, you, Tyler. A well-deserved little vacation here for the honeymoon. There you go. And also, got to thank Lanny. Lanny's been under the weather, and we're two weeks behind on our 
getting our podcast on there. And we'll uh, miss you, Lanny. We uh, he sent me the instructions on how to do it, and I took one look at it and I sent them to Ronnie or <laughs> ask Lanny to send them to Ronnie. And Ronnie, if you can find time to do that, I'd appreciate it. I'll but, work on that. But we uh, we need to get our podcast updated, and I'll let you take the flash drive home because we'll be recording them here. But Lanny uh is under the weather he'll be back better than ever and he's our backup and he does maintain the budmore engineering website and uh does the um uh, the podcast as we just mentioned start me up aj let's do some uh oh let me mention speaking of aj indy is at road america i didn't mention that where they are this week but they're at road america and uh be interesting to see them back on the road course i don't think they've got any more ovals I don't think they – I'll have to check that, but I think their road course rested the way. The uh, Formula One did not run last week, so they uh, the standings, um, Max Verstappen is the points leader and defending champion. Charles Leclerc is nine points behind him in second place. Sergio Perez is 15 points behind in third. George Russell is fourth. Carlos Sainz is fifth. Lewis Hamilton, sixth. Lando Norris, seventh. Valtteri Bottas is eighth, Esteban Ocon is ninth, and Kevin Magnuson and the Haas Engineering uh, uh, Independent Ferraris are is tenth, and um, he's hanging in there. He's 110 points behind, so there's no chance of him winning the championship. Which um, I tell you what, Red Bull's looking awful good there, Alan. They've won four in a row and five out of seven. Only two they didn't win. Ferrari won. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, it's late race comeback. You know, sometimes it can happen like that. Well, they uh, they got a long way to go. They run like a 22 or 23 race season. So that's uh, they have quite a ways to go. They've only run seven races, so they're not even they're not even close to halfway yet. So uh, that's Formula One. They will be uh, racing this week at Azerbaijan, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. That's a mouthful, and that's at Baku. Azerbaijan. So uh, I'll have the TV uh, time. It's easy for you to say. No, it's not either. <laughs> uh, what are you doing with that baseball bat? I just found it laying over here. and You look like you're getting ready to rear back and Probably. swat well, one out. It's been a long time since I swung one. And this is actually a Louisville slugger. Oh, what? A, is there another kind of bat? Hmm. Is there another kind of bat? Not as far as I'm concerned. I don't think so either. Uh, when I was with uh, Walter Mondale. In the 1984 uh, presidential campaign, he uh, he did something in Louisville. Had, I think he made some fantastic speech, something that sort of cleared the way for him, got Jesse Jackson and Gary Hart and all those other guys out of the way. And it was in Louisville at the University of Louisville, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that was the name of his plane. He had the logo Louisville Slugger on the nose of a plane. It was a Braniff Airline. There, that goes back a few years. Braniff. Okay. Also, a deputy sheriff shot himself in the foot, putting his gun in his trunk. That was an exciting trip. <laughs> so, anyway, let's go to IMSA, where uh, kind of a kind of a, of a forgettable week for the Action Engineering, Wayland, uh, Action Motorsports, Wayland Engineering team uh, of Pipo Durrani and their new driver, Olivier Pla. Um, Got disqualified there, Alan. What happened? Uh, after the race, you go across them scales, and there's about six pounds light. And uh talked to my brother, and he said they had to change the rear tail section and 
somebody kind of dropped the ball. One tail section was a little bit heavier than the other tail section. And, uh, you know, which six pounds, maybe they might have just thought that, that was, you know, that's only a gallon of gas. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, if you think about it and you burn up a gallon of gas on the lap. So, uh, it was, it was sometimes you just cut a little too close and was it written on there? Maybe someplace use last or do not use or something I like that. I don't think so. No, she's supposed to have a man supposed to kind of know what's going on there. Yeah. As all the, you know, you've seen all the equipment that they got on there. Well, so, uh, that was unfortunate, but, but had a good, had a good car there. I mean, they was chasing them down there at one time. Yeah. If you, if you watched the race, I had to fast forward through it to cram everything in, but yeah, they, they were, I like Pla. I think he's got a little bit better than, uh, Nunez had Nunez. a little more on the ball, but, uh, the results of the Detroit Belle Isle Grand Prix, uh, Sebastian Bourdais and ringer Van de Zandy won it. And another Cadillac, Tom Blomquist and Oliver Jarvis were second. Earl Bamber and Alex Lynn were third. Felipe Albuquerque and Ricky Taylor were fourth. Richard Westbrook and Tristan Vautier were fifth. And sixth with no points and uh, disqualified were Pipo Durrani and Olivier Pla. And I also have here um, and the GTD winner, which was seventh place overall, was uh, Ben Barnacote and Kyle Kirkwood, who's AJ Foyce Indy driver. And during the Indy race last week, they were talking quite a bit about uh, how he had won the, the GT race the day before. So the WeatherTech point standings, Blomquist and Jarvis are first. Albuquerque and Taylor are second. Bamber and Alex Lynn are third. Fourth is Sebastian Bourdais and Ringer Vanderzandy. I love it when they call Sebastian Bourdais Seabass. And... Uh, Tristan Vautier and Richard Westbrook are fifth. And um, Felipe Durrani uh, uh, and Tristan Nunez. Well, Durrani's sixth. Nunez is seventh. But he's not on the team anymore. And so he will be dropping through the standings. And Olivier Pla is 17th. And that was his first race. And he'll be rising in the standings. And hopefully the second part of this year will uh, uh, be more successful for the Wheeling team. By the way. Mike Hill, who's probably listening and a good friend of the show, sent us, uh, Alan and I, pictures of the new Cadillac for, um, Le Mans 24-hour car for next year. And, I mean, it's about the prettiest thing I've ever seen. It's uh, I'm sure you can go on the website. They debuted it at uh, Le Mans on Thursday, which, by the way, Le Mans is having the, uh, what did you say it started, Ronnie? 1923 mm-hmm. was the first 24 hours of Le Mans. And they are uh, racing the um, 24 hours of mines this week. And I had it pulled up on my phone here. And now it's, I guess it timed out. It's not there anymore. Uh, nope. Got it right here. The front, uh, here's the, and they call this hypercar qualifying. These were just super, uh, I guess it's like the IMSA cars on steroids or something. But the <clears throat> Toyotas are dominant. With uh, Sebastian Buemi and Brent, I'm sorry. Yeah, Buemi, Brandon Hartley, and Rio Hurakawa. Uh, they got three drivers there because it's a 24-hour race. They're on the pole. Another Toyota with Mike Conway, who we know him. Um, Alan Komu Kobayashi, 
and we know him for being able to step on the button. Yes, he will. Yep. And uh, uh, Jose Maria Lopez, they're starting second. Third is uh, an Alpine with Nicholas Lapierre, Andre Nagaro, and uh, it just says Mathau. I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's Walter Mathau. I think he's a little too old and too dead. Um, fourth is Ryan Briscoe, Richard Westbrook, and Frank Malo. And fifth is Pipo Durrani, who runs the uh, the car for uh, Action Motorsports. Roman Dumas and Olivier Pla. So they're starting fifth. So a lot of the IMSA drivers have gone over to run this series uh, or this big, big race at Le Mans. Well, Perry, you'll start seeing that new Cadillac at the 24 hours of Daytona. Ah, that was, uh, that's the, when the next year's whenever they they will run that the whole IMSA season. Oh, okay. Did somebody just tell you that? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Mike was listening. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Quickly, we got three and a half minutes. Let's look at the television. A lot of on television, by the way. Uh, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, what I'm looking at here, started at 9.30 this morning and um, is on all 24 hours of it on Motor Trend Television. I don't know how you get that, but I'm sure with these smart TVs, it won't be too hard to figure out. I might try to figure it out myself. Formula One qualifying ended an hour ago, so we don't need to go there. That's an Azerbaijan. IndyCar practice, um, well, that's over also. That was on Peacock from Road America. So IndyCar qualifying from Road America on Peacock at 145. Then at 730 tonight is the Camping World Truck Series. Um, at 2 o'clock is the qualifying. The race is at 730 uh, tonight. Uh, cup practice and qualifying from Sonoma will be on FS2 at 4, 4.30. IndyCar practice on Peacock at 5.20. ARCA from Iowa on MAV TV at 9 o'clock tonight, live. And we've got uh, tomorrow, continuing the 24 Hours of Mans um, on Motor Trend Television. That will, Well, it's on all the time. I, that race is, uh, will go off the air at 10.30. I think it's over at 9.30. Formula One will be uh, at 9 o'clock on ESPN3. I'm sorry, on ESPN from Azerbaijan. And uh, actually, the race will start at 7 o'clock in the morning, 7 till 9. So you've got to get up a little bit early for that. IndyCar from 1 o'clock at 1 o'clock from Road America. That's on NBC. NASCAR Cup at 4 o'clock. That's at Sonoma. That's tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock for the cup race. And uh, and that's it. We got a minute forty two left. Uh, Let me take a minute to congratulate North Greenville University. Their baseball team last night won the no, it was not. It was last night won the Division Two baseball national championship. It's played in Cary, North Carolina, and something I learned this week I didn't know. Uh, baseball USA has a training center. For the Olympic teams. And Carrie. Well, Carrie, my brother used to live there, and that's Raleigh. Yeah. And uh, North Greenville outscored their opponents in a 4 0 series this week, a combined 34 to 12. And Landon Powell, I Landon think, is Powell. the coach who was a Gamecock on those championship teams uh, they had back in 2010, 2011, is the coach over there. Congratulations to him. And, uh, 
If, well, there was a bunch of upstate kids, several Spartanburg County kids on the team. We need to get him hired at Carolina. Uh, or at Clemson. Uh, no, not he needs to go to Carolina. He needs to, where to, he came he needs from. to go to Clemson. Uh, Greg, you got anything real quick? You got about 10 seconds. All I say is this tickle death be here, and it was good to have Donnie Wingo talk to him, and we've got some great guests coming up uh, next few weeks, and just a good day for racing this like I say, we got a lot of raising on TV. As Perry said, let's just keep keep watching it. Alan, what you got? Harris Speedway tonight. Cherokee Speedway Thursday night. And uh, Jack Ingram Memorial today at Hickory. Oh, okay. Well, that's a big one. Yes, oh, it yeah. is. That sounds good. Well, I tell you what. We appreciate everybody listening. Got off to a rough start this morning, but uh, we got all the buttons finally lined up and pushed right. So uh, thank you for listening. Natalie, get a table ready. We're on the way. And keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Wood's books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. The home for bump and run 